This is a journey into sound. Howard 100. Stand up and shout! Let's get it on, Howard. On today's show. I'll be going. Are you a poet? Yeah. <laughs> Howard reunites with singer, songwriter, and Grammy winner. The red rocker himself, Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar, God bless you. Look at you. I love you. You hear I what I say? Too, you know, you're such an edgy guy, and when you get soft on something, it's like it's so beautiful. Sammy Hagar and Rob Zombie. We worked hard on creating this, so I, I'm not going to talk over it. Let it let it play out a little. I'm in there too, whispering for some reason. Yeah, motherfucker. Okay, well. It's a great Sammy Hagar tune. There's only one way to rock. You, you know missed why you the, the big mashup because that was the very beginning. That was a lot of there's only one way to rock in there. I didn't miss it. I, I, we've been dealing with that since last night. But uh, oh. there's only one way to rock. <laughs> <laughs> there's very little I, I don't hear before it goes on the air but there's but there's only one way to rock I want to tell you about that song uh, and the guys worked hard on mashing that up they did a beautiful job uh, Sammy wrote it because you'll you'll understand this years ago when you worked at a rock station like we worked at DC 101 uh, everyone was like, we're the rock of Washington, the rock. We are the rock of, uh, you know, Detroit. We are the rock of, of New York. And all these stations were claiming to be the rock. And Sammy would listen to some of these stations and think, these guys are calling themselves the rock, but they're not the rock. You know, they're not really rocking. 
So he wrote this song, There's Only One Way to Rock. That's the story of There's Only One Way to Rock. That's it. Well, I didn't oh. think you hadn't heard it. It was just that you you were now tuning, you know, turning up the song and the, all the one way to rocks were gone. <laughs> no, I, uh, I I didn't want to step on the boys' hard work because uh, they had mashed up Sammy and uh, Rob. Anyway, Robin, uh, very excited. Uh, all of this is to announce that. It was a great mix. I yes. was really enjoying it. I saw you over there enjoying it. I can tell <laughs> you were enjoying it. But, uh, you know... Uh, Sammy will be here today. Sammy Hagar, he's got a big announcement to make. He wants to make on our show. He uh, said, hey, Howard, I'd like to make this announcement on your show. I said, well, Sammy, you're welcome here anytime. I'm a big Sammy Hagar fan. Do so, you know what the announcement is? Uh, listen, no, uh, I can't wait to hear what it is. <laughs> Sometimes somebody <laughs> might say, I don't want to tell even you. But no, I it's a good announcement. announcement. I think it's an exciting announcement. I really, truly do. Yes, I do know, Robin. I do. Okay. Don't um, try to keep it a secret that you know. <laughs> well, listen, maybe I better break the news to you. He's transitioning. Sammy's becoming a woman. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, but don't, I would but have act to surprised. Hear that from his lips, even if he told you that. Act surprised when he says it, though. <laughs> you know, that no one let on that they know because it's going to blow your mind. Yeah. Uh, Sammy's going to be, uh, he's still going to be Sammy, uh, name wise. But S A M M I. Call a girl Sammy, right? <laughs> well, he told me he was thinking he'd change his name to Sandy Hagar or <laughs> Samantha Hagar. You know, and, uh, but no, he has an announcement. It's a, it's not as good as him transitioning, but it's a good announcement. Uh, Mike, you're on the air in Maine. Mike, go ahead. Good morning, Howard. Hey now. Morning. Hey now. Good morning. Uh, so, Robin, uh, I might as well start right in. Well, first of all, Robin, uh, who was the hottest Van Halen brother? Was it Alex or Eddie? That's easy. It was Eddie, hands down. Eddie, yeah. Okay. Eddie, you go back and watch. Oh, gosh. I mean, uh, Eddie Van Halen, when he was doing, I think I'm trying to remember the video. Maybe it was 5150 or something when he's playing that, that intro. Mm-hmm. I mean, that dude, he, he looked like a rock star. He was thin. He had that the cigarette hair. going, the hair. He had the bright outfits too. He had like these big fluffy pants that most people could not pull off. And then he'd fly through the air while playing the guitar. I mean, uh, and, and let's face it. I would, I would, you know, again, facially, I would say Eddie. It was a much better looking man than Alex. Not uh, that Alex is bad looking. No, but Eddie Eddie had Eddie got it all. <laughs> Eddie got it all. Right, Steve, you're he an had expert. The sex appeal. Who's more sexy, Eddie or Alex? Eddie. And when he's live, that the video you're talking about, it's live without a net. In 1986, yes. the first tour with Sammy Hagar, and he just looks so fucking cool. And he's just so happy. Like, you look at his face while he's playing guitar. And smiling. happier. Yeah. Just smiling what, and shredding. What was the video where Sammy's wearing a red, it's almost like a custom-made red jumpsuit. Like, it's um, it's a jacket and form-fitting pants 
that flare out. Do you know what I'm talking about? It, it, I got to ask Sammy what that was and who the hell designed that outfit. I, it's not often I get crazy about a dude's outfit, but uh, <laughs> Sammy looked like a rock god back then with that outfit on. And then Eddie, I think, was wearing something red. And what's the video where they're all doing the dance and Michael Anthony, they go across the stage in unison playing guitars and singing. Oh, that's uh, in Best of Both Worlds when they're doing right. Yeah. And then on this part, that's where they do that little stomp. Ah, uh, right. You know so what blows my good. mind? When they're doing that dance, the three of them, but Eddie doesn't miss a beat playing the guitar. How the fuck do you dance? And Sammy on that one is flying through the air. He's, I mean, I don't know how he didn't get groin pulls. I mean, he's like fucking flying, jumping off stage. He's He jumps higher. He goes up over Eddie's head jumping. It's like an aerobics fucking video. It's crazy. There's one during One Way to Rock where they're trading solos. Eddie and Sammy are facing each other, and they're both just like kicking, kicking. their leg up to the side <laughs> while yeah. they're going like... And Eddie's going... <laughs> yeah. Not missing like, a beat, every note perfect. I mean, you're a good guitar player, really good. And uh but you couldn't be dancing at the same time you're playing that shit, can you? I can barely stand I like to sit when I'm playing guitar. It's like yeah. to, you know, be doing you that. Can't even stand. <laughs> <laughs> is Sammy gonna be able to hear some of Steve's guitar and, and see how it compares to, to Eddie and see what he thinks about it, or is that not? Nah, we're not we're not gonna get Steve started because once he starts playing he doesn't stop. I see that. Oh, where the one second the the video with the pants outfit is um, when it's love, Steve. Oh, the music video. I I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, that's a cool outfit. I wish I could wear something like that. I you know. I was gonna say, do you want one like it? (laughs) I wish. I wish I could look good in something like that, Mom. I got a freaky physique and a face. I don't have the. Sammy had long, blonde, curly hair, and he was in fucking magnificent shape, and he put on this red custom-made outfit that the dude looked like a rock god when it's love. Play a little of that. I, I would need play. a keyboard for that. Uh, that's, that's true. Uh, that's yeah, Eddie that's on right, keys yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah right. You're right. Howard, you're, the, is... you're the keyboard player, Howard. Go ahead. All right. I'll, I'll play it as best I can. Here I go. <laughs> Good thing I have a keyboard here in studio, but let me concentrate. How'd I do? I, I won't show off. That was perfect, Howard. That was like perfect <laughs> like album version. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, w- I was playing that with my penis. Howard, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a great bit, by the way. That was like a bonus, because we never got any uh, Sally Richard penis pranks during a uh, during October, and I was disappointed. I was probably the most disappointed fan in the whole universe. Like, we're supposed to be all Meanwhile, you want to hear a funny... Speaking of penis, you want to hear a funny Sammy Hagar story? There was... um, What was the band? Sammy was playing somewhere where I think he opened up for Kiss when Sammy was solo, when he was a solo artist. He had left Montrose. I think he left Montrose, and he was opening up for Kiss. And Kiss fans were very different than Sammy fans. Sammy goes out, starts, they boo him, and they fucking throwing shit at him. 
I think he opened up his fly and showed him his cock. What? I'm pretty sure that's the story. <laughs> he, like, like, he got so Did pissed off. Did they stop off. throwing things after that? Does that make an audience stop throwing things? Uh, I don't, you, you know what? I'll ask. When, when Sammy comes in, I got him here. I'll make a note. Ask Sammy about when he took his dick out at Madison Square Garden opening up for Kiss. Uh, I'm just wondering be, if that's the move when you want people to calm down. I got to ask Sammy about that. He must Sammy have a big dick that. then. Yeah, he's got a big dick. All those guys in Van Halen have big dicks. Sure. Really? Oh yeah. You don't. You don't. You don't. Uh, you don't play like that if you don't have a big cock. Cock. <laughs> yeah, that's a great story. I've got. I'm going to write that down. Sammy opening for Kiss. I'm. You know. And he had a show his penis. I don't know what his thought was there, but I guess it's. Yeah. It was. Sammy's dick is a showstopper. <laughs> <laughs> That's rock and roll. Anyway, I Mike, you were what saying. It looks like. Well, uh, and I, I have one more question before we get to my main point. Do you, who do you think got more pissed off about the Van Hagar thing? Do you think it was Dave or do you think it was uh, Eddie that they were calling the band Van Hagar? My dad, I mean, most of my childhood, I thought Van Hagar was the actual band's name. I didn't realize why he was calling First the of all, in my opinion, and, you know, Steve's the expert, but I'm going to give you my opinion. The, 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 when they started calling Van Halen Van Hagar, I bet you Eddie saw it as a compliment. Don't forget, their biggest album was that, that first album that they put out with Sammy, not with David Lee Roth. And I think it was actually a compliment. You know, 5150 was the first album they put out with Sammy. And when that album came out, that fucker went, you know, that thing went ballistic. And then they came out with, um, what was the next album after that? They came out with OU812. OU812 went straight to number one. When they started calling that band Van Hagar, that was a compliment. That I don't think that was an insult. Steve, do I have that wrong? Yeah, and that first album was hit after hit. Like every song in a row was a hit on that album. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Love Walks In, Dreams, all those songs were so good. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 there's so much to ask Sammy about, and there's so much to do with him. I love the guy. I think he's great. But, you know, the debate always goes on. Which was the better Van Halen? Uh, David Lee Roth or, or, uh, Sammy? And, you know, our position on the Howard Stern show is, and we always, there's a we, show we, position. <laughs> yes, there is. Yes, there I is. I didn't know that. <laughs> well, why don't you check the manual once in a while? Come on, Robin. Our official position is, and Steve can tell you this, you can't be anti-David Lee Roth. Without David Lee Roth, you wouldn't have had Van Halen. That he was the he was a masterful orchestrator of that band. He gave them a look. He gave them a sound. He, those songs were brilliant, and so you can't knock David Lee Roth. But in Great the same breath. Man. Great front man. I mean, one of the best of all time. Sammy Hagar, though, what he was able to do is to come into a band that was so beloved and it was so ingrained in us that David Lee Roth was the front man. He was able to come in and extend the life of that band and create songs that were mind blowing. Probably musically the best Van Halen's ever been. That's it. Totally. And a lot That's of the like show David position, Lee Roth. right? Yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. And David Lee Roth laid the framework. And I actually, I think a lot of Eddie's guitar style, like, I think Dave was so out there and Eddie was more of a shy guy. I think Eddie got a lot of confidence through Dave. And even like, I think 
parts of Eddie's guitar style are him almost doing an impression of David Lee Roth. Like David Lee Roth is a guy who will just like scream in the middle of a sentence. And Eddie became a guy who goes in the middle of a riff. So I think that right. built this level of confidence and the whole framework of the band of their chemistry. Absolutely, Steve. You, I see you read the manual. Robin will be fined a hundred dollars for not reading the manual. Yeah. Uh, all right, all right, Mike. Thank you. Hey, so, oh, so Howard, let me just ask Robin then. Uh, finally, to get to the point, uh, uh, F. Mary Kill, Robin, uh, Eddie. Eddie Van Halen, David Lee Roth, or Sandy Hagar. And don't bullshit just because Sandy's No, that will not be answered. I told you. There's a manual. I, I'm sure that's in the manual, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a you can't answer that. that. <laughs> David Lee Roth is important. I mean, you can't have one without the others. Come on. Stop it. That's right. Uh, Chuck, you're We're on not, the air. Go ahead. Who are we killing? I don't know. I don't even know. Why would you kill any of those guys? They're so brilliant. There's plenty of people you could kill, not, not those guys. Yeah, troublemakers. Well, yeah, boy. There's some people I'm real angry with. Go ahead, Chuck. Hey, now. Hey, now. I wanted to know if you uh, saw Van Halen's performance on Letterman. Uh, it was for the Balance album. And they, you know, on the show, they did Not Enough. Um, I guess it was 96, 97-ish. And then um, afterwards, they did they did jump it. It was just perfect. Like, well, Letterman was fired up. Paul was fired up. The crowd was fired up. It was just amazing. There's so many great uh, Eddie Van Halen moments. I mean, uh, forget the concert stuff, which I had seen them in concert. But uh, when, when, how about when Eddie Van Halen <clears throat> sat in with the band on Saturday Night Live? Valerie Bertinelli was the guest host. Fucking crazy stuff. Really just amazing guitar play. I mean, he changed music. I mean, the guy the guy was something else. Um, now, Dan, that's go an ahead. influence. You know, we were talking that's about the Hall of Fame last week. <clears throat> that's influencing and changing your industry. Dan, go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, now. Hello? Hey, now. Hello? Mm. Speak, speak. Hello? What are we doing, Dan? Howard, how are you, buddy? I'm waiting for you. Howard. Yes. Oh, boy. Uh, good morning. Uh, I just had a quick question <laughs> to ask. Um, quick question. Man. You've been on the air for an hour and we haven't gotten anywhere. <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. It, it was. I think my phone was on mute. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> he spammed me one time. Yeah. And he came out with meatloaf. And perform one song in, I think it was in Cleveland. Can you ask him about uh, his relationship with Meatloaf? And I will tell I mean, you the relationship. I will tell you the relationship. Sammy wrote a song called uh, "Amnesty Is Granted." You okay. know the song? Okay. I yeah, I've heard it. When uh, Meatloaf put out "Welcome to the Neighborhood." Meatloaf did Amnesty is Granted. And he recorded one of Sammy's songs. It was this. That's Meatloaf, but that's a Sammy Hagar song. Okay. That's the story. And here's and if you want, go a little dig a little deeper. This is Sammy's version. 
amnesty is granted. Sammy Hagar. Love's an hourglass. Goes out wide and comes in close. Now you're saying to yourself, why would Sammy say love's an hourglass? Because he wrote the song. He was married to a woman named Betsy. I think uh-huh. the two of them, the two of them were played out. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't happening no, anymore. So finally, he called the song "Amnesty Is Granted." Finally, got out of that marriage. He wasn't <laughs> he was happy. Free. He was finally free. Amnesty is granted, right. and right. Uh, love's like, like an listener. hourglass. Yeah, that's the story. But Meatloaf recorded that song. That's why you saw him hanging with Meatloaf. I see. That's the only time I ever got to see Sammy. And right. uh, I always kind of regretted it because I loved them both, but we just happened to see Meatloaf before he passed, of course. And, you want to uh, hear? You want to hear my biggest regret when it comes to Van Halen? And I've talked about this before, but I'll try and articulate it in a different way so you don't get bored. But this will drive Steve Nowicki crazy. So back in the nineties, I was, uh, you know, I was a rock god myself. I was on the number one rock station, you know, a lot of rock stations. Well, anyway. I started to get phone calls. I don't even know how he got my number from Eddie Van Halen. In the middle of like like, like at night, you know, these right. rock guys, they're, they're all up at night. He started to call me at home. <laughs> now, I was so wow. fucked my head. Yeah, exactly. Now, when I say he'd call me at home, the first time I, he goes, it's Eddie Van Halen. And I didn't believe him. And then I checked it out. Like I had to call some other people because I didn't want to get like, I didn't want to be a victim of like a phony phone call and stuff. Alan and, and, uh, the deal. Yeah. Like, hey, this is Eddie Van Halen. Hey, hey buddy. You know, you so, like possum, mate, buddy. <sighs> but I was home and I had my head so far up my ass back in those days. I. No celebrity impressed me. Like, I loved Van Halen, and yet there was a complete... I don't know how to explain this to you about me. I'm not like this anymore. I'm able to be a fan of people now. Back then, I felt, and this is weird to admit, I was the most important person on the planet. The most... I should be the most... I had no room for celebrities or anybody coming into my life. I don't care if you were famous or not famous. I didn't I just I didn't appreciate anybody reaching out. And I think Eddie was reaching out because I think Eddie genuinely liked the show. And um, I know David Lee Roth liked the show and stuff. And he used to call me. But Eddie started calling me. And sometimes it would go on for an hour. Now, I'm sure he was at his heaviest drinking at this point because it was from what I remember. I can't even tell you what Eddie was talking about. I'm going to hang up on Danny's annoying. Um, I don't know. I don't even remember. I couldn't even tell you what the conversation was, except a lot of times I didn't know what the fuck this guy was talking about. I didn't know what he was talking about. He was like rambling. Uh, they didn't really ask me much. Maybe he did, but I just remember him talking a lot. Like, and I should have cherished that moment, actually. It should have been fun. It should have been like, wow, Eddie's, you know, Eddie's engaging with me. But I just wanted to get off the phone and go to bed and work on my radio show. That's uh, how you far could have just been like, "Hey, play some, play something on guitar." You could have had him Dude, playing you like he everything he, on guitar. He wanted he wanted a friendship, and I was I was not in the right headspace to be friends with anybody. I couldn't have been friends with anyone, and I wasn't friends with anyone. 
I had zero friends because I was I was insane. That's why I went into therapy. I couldn't I couldn't even deal with people. I didn't even want to know people. I didn't understand wanting to know people. So I have a huge regret there because Eddie tried a couple of times to connect with me and there was no one there to make a connection with. Eddie was I think Eddie was drunk and uh and I was something worse than drunk. Drunk on uh I don't even know what you want to call it. Narcissism or some bizarre sort of personality that I had developed where I had a chip on my shoulder. So uh, my biggest regret, uh, beside hiring Fred, was, uh, Fred, I'm busting your balls. You know I love you. Uh, my he biggest regret. to me off the air. <laughs> <laughs> my, the, one of the best things I ever did was hire Fred. Um, but, uh, the, the, the biggest regret was that, like, oh, that would have been such a nice friendship. One of the greatest guitar players, maybe the, you know, Jimi Hendrix, Eddie Van Halen. Maybe the greatest guitar player of all time. And also that bums me out so much. I listen to hours and hours of phone interviews with Eddie that are on YouTube. I will too. just sit and listen to him talk about whatever he's talking about. And it's it's so Steve, good. It was an unfortunate period in my life. I was so unhappy and so fucking caught up my own ass that uh, I didn't develop that friendship with Eddie because Eddie was reaching out. So. You know, what am I going to tell you? But I always like keeping his legend alive. Not that he needs me to, but I always like talking. And I like that Sammy's going to come in today and Michael Anthony will be here today. And I always love talking to those guys about Van Halen and Eddie. Yeah, and, that's a uh, part of Van Halen you have in the studio today. Yeah, I love it. And there's a whole community of people who obsess over it, specifically that 1986 5150 era, like, there are endless guitars like this replica I built where people will spend hundreds of thousands of hours just replicating every little sweat stain from that tour in that era. Just that. Well, that's fucking nuts. For it. You guys are all crazy. <laughs> I got to say. It's crazy. But uh, <laughs> it is. Jeremy, you're on the air in Florida. Yes, I was wondering if there was any way uh, Steve Nowicki could play a Van Halen song with Sammy Hagar. Could that be possible? <laughs> I mean, well, stay tuned. I think maybe today isn't the day for Steve to be playing. You'll see. He I don't want to Eddie Van Halen con. If you go to Eddie okay. Van Halen oh con, God. you'll see Steve. Yeah, <laughs> Steve, go ahead for uh, for Jeremy. What I can produce for you now is perhaps. Uh, uh, I was going to sing, but I'm not good with lyrics. I could have, uh, but but do what? What do you want to play, Steve? Because uh, Jeremy seems to want to hear you. Um, All right, this is um, the start of Eddie's solo from the Live Without a Net tour. When he okay. I got a request. Go ahead. About Judgment Day, Steve. Uh-oh. Here we go. We're going down that rabbit hole. Go ahead, Steve. Your mic's off, What dude. happened to Steve? I don't know. He's lecturing, but something. 
Steve. I muted. Here we go. The oh. detune effect is on because you need it for uh, Judgment Day, which was recorded on the 5150 guitar, by the way. So. Okay. And then on the solo, he does these two hand over the neck tapping thing. Yes, yes. Awesome. That <laughs> was a, great, Steve. Thank you. Yeah, Steve, <laughs> nice job, man. Yeah, by the way, Fuck we'll yeah. be locking Steve away in a closet during the interview. I don't want to scare Sammy. Um, <laughs> but you see, Steve, what you just demonstrated is that uh, Van Halen was Eddie Van Halen. I mean, first and, first and foremost, it was remarkable. It was remarkable. I mean, even when you're doing that two-handed thing there, Eddie, I saw Eddie demonstrate it once. You can't tell which hand he's playing with. It's it's ridiculous. He's playing with both. Yeah, and it's every like you, it sounds like him. Like Eddie had a great quote about what's different between a guitar and a piano. Where with a guitar, there's nothing between you and the strings. Like if you play piano, you hit a key that hits a mallet that hits a string. With guitar, you could literally just like rip the fucking strings off it and go. Like, <laughs> like you can do anything with it. All right. Well, there you go. I don't know why I need uh, Sammy here lot. today. I got you here, Steve. All right. <laughs> Goodbye. Thanks, Jeremy. Yeah, well, anyway, we celebrate Sammy today. We'll get to that later, but uh, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable what those boys accomplished. Too much. I mean, when you when you look back on that, what that those guys did in the studio with the music, and then they go out on tour, and they'd be even better. It really is some band that needs to be celebrated, and we will celebrate them today. Uh, meanwhile, I'm I woke up this morning. I'm like, I think I have to make a duty, but I didn't have to, and now I'm worried that during Sammy and uh, and the boys when they come in, I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. So that's my big that's my big worry right now. <laughs> You know, one day I got to hang up the, the microphone, Robin, because it's those kind of worries I want to be released from, whether or not really? I should go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should go to the bathroom before the show, after the show. You know. That's going to force you off the air. It's that kind of stuff, yeah. I had it. <laughs> I won't have to worry anymore. Well, Isn't those it? are going to be interesting interviews. I tell you, I heard a stupidest story that I love Netflix. I love it. I always have. But uh, they're talking about now they want to go and, you know, they used to when they put on a new show on Netflix, they gave you the whole show. You watch. You could watch it in one day. You could watch it as much as you wanted. They're now talking about on Netflix of doing what everyone else is doing, releasing one episode a week. And I, I hope, told you that months ago before there was any announcement because it and was now the, obvious. And now the new episodes of The Crown are coming out. And I love The Crown. 
They're going to release four episodes, and then they're going to make you wait till like December or something to see the next four. I can't tell you how annoyed I am by this. These streaming services that wait because but do I you forget. Know why it is? I understand it keeps people uh, watching or tuned and, in, but I don't subscribed. care. You don't it, care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. It's just fucking nuts. And, uh, you know, I, I literally, I, I don't, I watched the show Old Man with, uh, what's that actor's name? Robin? Jeff you Bridges. Know. Jeff Bridges. And someone said to me, you know, the whole season is up. And I said, I think I saw the whole season. In other words, I can't even remember if I finished it or not because it's so slow. One episode at a time. Yeah, now I don't you'd even, have to start it all over again so you I would. remember the story. I don't even remember the story. I don't even remember the story. <laughs> it's hard enough when you see a whole season and then it comes back for the next season. You can't remember what last season was about. Now you can't remember the season you're in because they keep splitting it up, making you wait. Yeah. Hey, Billy, you're on in North Carolina. Speaking of apps, um, you glossed over something about your XM event. That the XM app's going to be rebranded, but the most important thing, it's going to be nine ninety nine per month. You're talking about driving stock up, so that's a great deal. I've been a subscriber for at least fifteen years, so I'm excited about a, a discount on the app. Okay, Billy, thank you. Yeah, you know, listen, I'll be honest. I'm a little embarrassed. I I went to this uh, Sirius XM. Uh, you know, whatever they had the other day, they had me speak somewhere. I don't even know what you call where I was. Well, you know, it was some sort of event. It was an event, yes. An event is a good word for it. I left the event. I said, what are we promoting? I don't even know. <laughs> I left the event. I spoke at the event. I didn't even know what the fuck. And then you listened I, and then, to Jennifer Witts and you didn't know. What is wrong? Well, I was, honestly, I was coming on after Jennifer, so it was kind of hard to really concentrate on the content. I was oh. more watching Jennifer like walking around on the stage and her delivery of the content. And she did a very good job, I must say. I was proud of her because, you know, nothing worse than if we had a CEO who couldn't get two words out straight. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, but I don't know. I don't know. I think they kept saying we're moving into the future. And so when I came out, I was like, yeah, I'm excited about the future. But I didn't know exactly what I was excited about the future. You know what I mean? But I want to say what the event was about, but I don't Is it top secret or I don't even know. I don't want to get anyone in trouble, but I think they I think I, somebody hit the delay button if I say something wrong. But I think they were promoting the fact that they changed their uh, logo and that the app was being improved. I think that's why we had a big meeting and that there was some new pricing involved. It wasn't clear to me. Everyone was carrying on. I don't know. How do I go to an event and not know what the fuck was going on? So, forgive me. I don't know what's happening. Jeez, we sent you out and you came back with nothing. <laughs> not nothing. I came back with less than nothing because I knew more when I went into the event. I was pretty clear on what the company was doing. I came out of that event. I was like, <laughs> what? 
I really don't know what was going on, but it's not up to me to know. But I would well, love to I tell you. I would have would love to know. Okay. Because now I would this too. gentleman is bringing up something. And I was like, really? What does that is mean? There, you could just get the app? I have a feeling the whole meeting could have been one minute long. Like someone could have walked out and said, hey, listen, we have a new logo and uh, the app, there's a new app and here's the price of it. Or, you know, here's this, here's what it costs to subscribe. That's what I think the whole meeting was about. But there was a lot going on. I, I, there was a lot of go, was things happening. I don't know. It was wild. <laughs> but I, I don't know exactly. Uh, oh, and also the dog, that the serious dog logo they gave a name to, and now her name is Stella. The dog is, I didn't even know it was a girl dog. Why Stella? I think because of, it's a serious star, Stellar, S-T-E-L-L-A-R, but a play on that. I don't know. Again, I walked out knowing less than when I walked in. Why couldn't you name the dog Stellar? And that would be easy. Nah. I don't know. Hey. Anybody know what happened at the event that I was at the other day and can give us a synopsis, like a one-minute synopsis? Maybe this guy knows. Do you get the app and then you you subscribe to it and it gives you everything? Oh, good. It's Jennifer Witz, our CEO. Ah. Jennifer, I'm having trouble articulating. What is, what is the big news out of SiriusXM? You're some moron, aren't you? It's simple, stupid. Listen to me. We rolled out the preview for next year's quarter three analysis of the stock index margins for our move into high-low thresholds. You get it? What? Oh, okay. Robin understands. Jesus fucking Christ. How do you not get this? You don't understand stock dividends relative to market share, you simple bitch. Huh? Whoa, 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 whoa. Easy. I, listen, whatever you're doing is working because I understand our stock price uh, a year ago was five seventy nine, and today it's four sixty seven. So we must be doing something right. <laughs> Listen, our app prices are dropping faster than your boner when you watch straight porn. <laughs> uh, insulting. Oh. <laughs> you did you Gary, call on her? I did. <laughs> I'm getting a clear. Gary, seriously, do you know what happened? Cause I, Gary's good with this stuff. I got three things out of this. Okay. There's a new logo, not the dog. The dog was a different. Um, logo, but there's a, a brand new logo. The okay. S has a star in the middle of it. That's one part of it. Uh, we, we announced that in December, we're going to be rolling out a new version of the app that's going to be more, more encompassing, do greater things. And, Good. um, I think there was also an announcement that the most basic price of Sirius is going to drop, which we're one of the few companies that are dropping our price instead of increasing it. That sounds uh, positive. I like that. I like that. You know, giving a benefit to the subscriber. Okay, we're getting a new app, which I'm all for, as long as it's uh, great. And then uh, you don't have to pay as much. I didn't get any of that, but I was busy. You know, listen, I was I was paying attention to myself. I wasn't really it paying attention. It sounds like a new iPhone, and you can't really tell why it's great. <laughs> Well, if there's a new app, I'm excited about it. I, I, I believe we should have the top app in the country. And I think, you know, I know they've been working hard on it. That I do know. And, uh, and as far as the new iPhone goes, I love that too. God, I love that iPhone. I can't believe yeah, but with it's that. It's not like it used to be where you can't wait to get the iPhone and people line up and sleep in the, 
on the street and that whole thing. Uh, That's all gone. What happened? I can't, I can't wait for the new app, the new Sirius XM app. I'm actually excited about it because we, we, we populate that thing with tons of content. Yes, we so, do. Yeah. Anyway, let's just move on and tell you that, uh, yeah, Sammy will be in later. Tomorrow, Dolly Parton will be here. Dolly Parton, the, Dollar the icon. <laughs> Dollar Parton. And I, I say that with all uh, seriousness. That woman makes dollars. Yeah, she. <laughs> I'm Dollar Parton's agent. I should know. <laughs> Everything she touches turns to gold. I'm telling you right now. Never mind Taylor Swift. Dollar Parton. That's what we call her in the industry. Dollar Parton. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Big Mike, you're on the air in uh, Maryland, Maryland. Hey, Howard, I was wondering if you ever got your Peloton seat. Are you still getting treated like a peasant like the rest of us? No, I got it over the summer, finally. And uh, oddly, they sent me two. Like, like I couldn't get it for months, and then when I got it, two showed up, which I didn't need, but I ended up with two. And then um, here's the sad part. I For so many months, my excuse was I'm not getting on the Peloton because the seat is broken. And now that I got the seat back, I haven't been on it once. Really? I got to get back in. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame. I, I broke the habit. So I got to well, get back on you know, on there's it. a certain momentum that goes to yeah. goes with a routine of exercise that has to be reestablished once you haven't done it in a long time. I just do my walk now every day. And now uh, Beth's starting to walk ahead of me. I'm getting so old. I mean, we our thing is to walk. And she, lately, like, all of a sudden, she's like five steps ahead of me. down? <laughs> I am. I, I'm like, you know, when I met her. I I used to go running six to eight miles a day. We'd go running together, and she couldn't even keep up with me. Now, now we're walking, and she's like five feet ahead of me. It's sad, but uh, well, yesterday I was on the phone, uh, uh, yakking it up with John Hine because we were talking Sammy Hagar stuff. So she didn't want to hear it, so she walked ahead of me. So oh, you were on the phone while you were walking. Yeah. Well, I had so much homework yesterday that I couldn't keep up. I had to use my walk time. You want to hear this? Uh, okay, Big Mike, thanks. You mean hey, you didn't hey, get Robin. your... Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, got my, I got my Peloton seat, and I'm just a peasant. Yeah. I got it way before you. <laughs> hey, Robin, <laughs> have you ever tried the Peloton? I did, and then I sold it to Fred. <laughs> oh, did you really? What'd you charge him for that thing? <laughs> he wouldn't let me just give it to him. Really? And so, no, he wouldn't. He had to... Uh, pay me so i had to set a price and i'm i think it was 1900 was that it fred could be i don't recall or 15 i forget exactly what are I you started. using it fred my wife uses it more than i do you know yeah. i'm more of a, i like to use a bicycle outside for some reason i can't get into the whole peloton thing and it's not enough to look at hot chicks for me it's like i actually <laughs> feel like i have to get a workout if i want to beat off i'll use porn if I want to exercise, I use an exercise machine. All right. There you go. Anyway, with the, uh, yeah, I got to get back into that bike. They fucked me up. Fred told me when you sold it to him, he smelled the seat a bunch. He was like way into it. <laughs> He's such a perv. 
<laughs> there was very little scent, though. That must have been awkward, Robin, because I know you. You would have given it to Fred, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was back in the day when you couldn't get a Peloton. Right. And I wasn't using it. And his wife said, I, I ordered a Peloton, but it won't come for months. And this was during the lockdown. And I mm. said, well, I got one sitting here doing nothing. You can have it. Yeah, they were caught off guard when that, that epidemic, the pandemic hit. Hey, yeah. I was just listening to this. Uh, the, the boys played this for me this morning when I walked in. Harry Styles made huge news because he shaved his head. And what? people were freaking out. I was listening to the tape of this. This is, uh, he shaved his head. And, uh, you know, that's amazing. But, what was like he a buzz doing? cut, you know, like a crew cut. Is he doing and some kind of a roll? No, I don't know. There's fans freaked out, though, and I thought it was kind of funny because he doesn't have his signature floppy hair anymore. So here you go. Harry Styles. Listen to these girls freaking out over Harry, Harry Styles. Harry Styles has shaved his head. I didn't know what to do with this information. Like, don't shave your head. Are you joking? This is like, this is like when Harry cut his long hair. <laughs> Except now he's buzzed. <laughs> I'm heartbroken. I will never have a picture of him right now at this moment with hair. I did not take a picture with him. I did not meet him when he had hair. The next time, if I ever meet him, he's going to be bald. He has no hair. He's bald. <laughs> he has no hair. His hair is gone. <laughs> Man, wow. people, people aren't this upset in Gaza, and that's a bad situation. But uh, maybe he was inspired by Robin's People magazine article. That's what I was thinking. A lot of people were really inspired by that. Can I tell you? Um, you know, the people like to change it up. Harry's not uh, somebody who's going to stay in the same style forever. There was a subject that, well, there is a subject I'm avoiding a lot on the air, and I realize I'm avoiding it. It's controversial. I didn't know if I wanted to get into it, but it's time for me to speak out. And I'm going to say this right now, Robin. And I don't care what anyone says. So here it goes. Sensitive subject, and if you can't handle it, turn off the radio. I, I believe that... High pitch Eric will not come when he is got when he gets his blowjob. I'm not kidding. I've been thinking about this nonstop. And I don't, you know, Megan is gonna blow him. And we know that Debbie the cum lady blew him and nothing came out. He got three days she sucked on that fucking wiener of his, and no cum came out. And I believe that Megan and I hate to say it, I believe that I'm prepared to bet. If anybody thinks high pitch Eric's gonna come. I'll take that bet because I do not believe he will come. And I don't care if he goes off his medication or anything. I don't care. And there, I've said it. Wow. That's a shocker. <laughs> Nobody's uh, even saying they don't know what to say. <laughs> By the way, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a shocker. This is crazy. Megan, the girl who had sex with medicated uh, Pete, Megan and Debbie the cum lady. Want to compete together to see who can make Eric come? They're willing what? to blow him. They're willing to blow him together, even. So there you Jeez. go. Yeah. Pete, 
Pete didn't even get that. Pete didn't even get that. Yeah. Eric's a, Eric's a sex symbol. He. I'm telling so, you. What do you think's best for the show? I think Megan should just blow him uh, solo and let's see if he comes. And, uh. Um, well, how were they planning to set this up? They're coming here together no, the, or? The setup was that Eric's going to get blown by Megan. Uh, this is a, something off the air happened where Debbie the cum lady got in touch and said something about Megan, Megan and the, her doing it together. I think Megan should just try to blow high pitch Eric. That's what I think. Uh, here's Sal with a report. Go ahead, Sal. Howard, it was actually Megan who proposed this because she felt that, you know, that originally Debbie wanted to blow Eric and now she's stepping up to the plate and she wants to blow Eric. So Megan reached out to Debbie the cum lady and said, Hey, let's blow him together. And then they decided, well, maybe Megan will try to blow him. We'll blow him first to try to get him to come. Then Debbie will make an attempt, and then they'll both make an attempt. So this is like a hmm. three-parter. Oh, wow! Well, and then yeah. on top of all of that, Megan says, and if Eric doesn't mind, because he could be questionably gay, uh, Megan does it. Megan proposed that her husband join in, and they have like a foursome. <laughs> Uh, now you're talking. Here's what yeah. I think. Here's what I think. And I've been thinking a lot about this. As I said, it's controversial. So I'm speaking up. Here's what I think should happen for betting purposes. I believe Megan should go in and have a full day to blow Eric. Mm -hmm. I'm predicting nothing will happen. Eric's noodle will just fucking just lay there like it always does. Nothing will come out of it. Then on day two. Let, if Debbie the cum lady wants to try, let her try. We right. already know the outcome of that. It's going to be a wasted day, but okay, give her a shot. And then on the third day, the husband should blow Eric, and I guarantee you, Eric will <laughs> oh. blow. A, oh. Eric will, Eric will blow a huge load right in that husband's mouth. Great, that's my that, prediction. That's the way to do it. How that's my Megan prediction. I love that. I will. Uh, I'm in Let touch get with Megan. So, hold on, I'm Eric. Sorry. Yeah. Here's what I'm saying. I don't think uh, Megan's going to be able to, you know, make you come. I don't. Dude, Howard, you out of your mind? Why? Because you don't know what's going to happen. Okay. I'm. I'm <laughs> guessing. I'm predicting. You don't know what's well, well that's like saying Mad Dog or Stephen A. Smith shouldn't predict what's going to happen in a football game. I mean, what are you talking about? Stop predicting. Why would I so stop? Me, so me ask, ask, you should ask him, well, what, what is going to happen with this? That's what I'm doing. Well, I'm telling we're you. We're going to have uh, the chance to see what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. talk about what you think is going to happen. Eric. Day one, Megan's got a full day to blow you. Right. Day two, Debbie the cum lady's going to try again. She gets a full day to blow you, okay? Right. I'm predicting that neither of those ladies will be able to make you come. On the third day, Megan's husband's going to blow you, and I say within 10 minutes you're going to come hard. Oh, she, no, listen, he's not going to blow me. Why? Well, why is he going to blow me for? I'm not going that way. Oh, you will. But try it. See what happens. No. Why would I have Megan's husband blow me? So you Why? can finally come. <laughs> yeah, because you're going to have blue balls. 
No, 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 no. He's not going to No way. Well, uh, well, you're not going to come. All right, you want Chris to blow you, who works for me? I mean, I would like him to be there so he can witness. No, I've got to tell you something. The reason I don't want Chris in the room when you're getting blowjobs from women because you're going to stare at him and you're going to come. No, no. Listen, because when I, when I get blown by Debbie and Megan, I'm going to have my eyes closed. That way I can come easier. What will yeah, you be thinking? You'll be thinking of Chris. You'll be thinking of guys. <laughs> right. Uh. <laughs> oh, look, it's Stephen A. Smith, the sportscaster. Hi, Stephen. What's going on, Howard, Robin, and everybody on the show? Listen, I got something to say right here. If Megan cannot make Eric come, I will retire. That that doesn't make any sense. Oh, she is no. literally the Michael Jordan <laughs> and Kobe Bryant of blowjobs. If he doesn't come out, I will quit right now. You're saying, Stephen, that that uh, you believe Eric will come from Megan's blowjob. Absolutely. It's going to be a new rumble in the jungle Two elite come guzzler. It's going to be epic. He's definitely going to come off one of them. I'm going with Megan. And you are saying that you will retire if uh, from from show business if, if 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 she doesn't make him come. Absolutely. How can she not? How can she not make him come? These I'm trying to tell you, these are the goats at what it is that they do. There's no way he's going to lay there with a limp noodle and not come. Let me see. <laughs> Let me see, Stephen. Hold on. Megan, uh, this is Megan, by the way, everybody. Megan, I'm betting you will not be able to make Eric come. I, uh, <laughs> I am hoping I can. Um, but you know what? I'm going to be honest. Eric and I had exchanged Instagram information, and he uh-huh. and I, he hasn't really um, seemed interested in chatting with me. So I don't know. <laughs> Megan, I hear from Eric all the time. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, I, he um, the last time we chatted was like a week ago, and he asked me a question. I answered it, and then he never responded back. So, Eric, what's I up with that? You'd rather talk to Chris every day than yeah. a girl? Well, I don't talk to Chris every day. You talk to me a lot. You've sent me dick pics. <laughs> <laughs> I said to you, I sent you a yeah. dick last year. Oh, well, yes. <laughs> Listen, I <laughs> when I had a blowjob from Debbie, you could even ask her how hard I was. All right. Let's ask Debbie because that's not the point. Debbie. Debbie yeah. is on, by the way. Megan is on. And High Pitch is on. And Stephen A. Smith is in the house. So uh, let's. Wow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is a busy show. <laughs> Absolutely. And by the way, Stephen A. Smith knows two things. You know football and blowjobs. Am I right? You better believe it. I'm trying to tell you, and I can't wait for this moment. Blowjob fans all over the world has been waiting on this moment. I can't wait. All right. Debbie. Yes. Debbie to come, lady. Yes. <laughs> Eric wants you to tell everyone that he was hard. Was he very hard, as hard as he claims he was? Common sense. Eric took something to make himself that hard. I, the, the Eric did not get hard naturally. He took something to get himself hard. And there's no way, nothing against Megan, but there's no way that he's going to come. And by the way, Eric never returns my text and doesn't talk to me either. So I've chatted Terrible. with him so many times. He never responds back to me. Never. All the, all the messages <laughs> I send, nothing. 
Eric, these are two <laughs> ladies who are texting you. You're not responding. I mean, what's, what's really going? And and and, and Megan, <laughs> your husband said he would blow Eric. No, he did not. Uh, where'd that come from then I don't know. Sal, Sal, what do you know no, he, would, he would participate in a foursome but I don't know if he would blow Eric but they, no. he would participate in an orgy with them so oh, Megan's, oh. Thought process, Megan's thought process is and ours as well when we discuss this is that if the husband is there and naked and engaging in sex that might get Eric so turned oh, on never mind that, that listen to this let's get down to this Eric what I'm proposing is Debbie uh, Megan blows you for a day Debbie blows you for a day. And Chris, you got to go in the room on the third date. And uh, okay, third I'll day, be like Jesus on the third day. I'll you got you come in and you blow him. And, and, and uh, Chris is going to blow you on the third day. And I guarantee you, you're going to come in like three seconds. But the thing that Debbie's saying, I never took anything to get hard. I don't do that stuff. I don't yeah, but I can get hard from a woman, Eric. I mean, it's not that hard. The coming's the hard thing. I believe it too, Eric. No performance enhancement drugs. It ruins the game. This is the Super Bowl, the playoff for blowjobs. Don't ruin it with performance enhancement drugs. Right. You're right. You're right, Stephen A. Um, listen, Eric, come clean. Uh, well, let me put that a different way. Tell the truth. <laughs> Did you take some kind of, uh, uh, you know, Viagra or something to get hard? No, I never checked. Are you lying? No, I'm not. Swear to God. Swear to God. On my grandmother's grave who just passed away last week. I'm sorry about that. I think he's being deceptive. <laughs> Howard, you know the great, yeah. Howard, you know the great, the great Vic Legina, right? He's been in yeah. porn for centuries. He told me a telltale sign of performance enhancement drugs is a pink face and a pink neck i could oh. tell you that i've witnessed the video eric's face was as red as a fucking radish <laughs> so i can't say for sure but based on vic legina and what i witnessed i would have to say that i think eric was on something wow eric, well, is no, no. eric. answer for that no i never told you anything Okay. No, you did not. I'm not saying you did. And I never, I never said you. I never confessed. By the way, this is, this is turning into. You wanted to blow me. This is, this is crazy. On the phone is the real Bigfoot. And he's pissed that Megan won't uh, blow him. Let's go to Bigfoot. Bigfoot, how you doing, pal? Bigfoot, you there? I'm here. Okay. Uh, I got Debbie to come, lady, Megan, and high pitch on the phone, Bigfoot. Say what you need to say. Bigfoot's a real dog uh, today. Can uh, you hear me, Bigfoot? Uh, 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 did you just wake up? <laughs> oh, my God. What the hell is going on? Bigfoot, answer the damn question. Uh, I fucking hung up on Bigfoot. I don't think he can hear it anymore. <laughs> anyway, what the hell is going on? High pitch. What? Everyone. Stephen A's excited. Everyone on the show is excited. Robin's even excited. What? What's going to be high pitch? We're getting confusing signals. You're right. You're not writing to Debbie to come, lady. You're not writing to Megan. You're writing to Sal and Chris all the time. What do you want to have happen here? You say you're going to come. You've never ever been able to come with Debbie to come, lady, who's an expert at blowjobs. I say we turn this into a contest. I am going to come for both of them. 
All right. For both. Oh, wow. I am not going to let them down. All right. What is going to be different this time? Debbie blew you for three fucking days. Didn't she, like, massage his prostate, too? Like, it was a whole fucking... She was willing to tongue his ass. (laughs) She is, you know, she's a saint. Oh, my God, she said... Debbie, you're you're a real trooper. Yeah, Megan, you're not going to tongue his ass, are you? Um, I don't think so. I I have a no-asshole policy. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. We got plenty of assholes on this show. You better stay show. away from all of Eric. You better yeah. stay away from Eric. <laughs> all right. Megan, you'll get first shot okay. because Debbie's, Debbie already had three days. Uh, high pitch, when's this all going to go down? Can you give us an ETA? I don't have an ETA yet. It's up to Megan and Debbie when it's going to all happen. Why are you not returning their texts? It would seem to me you'd be excited by this. Well, uh, it's it's up to them when it's going to happen. Yeah, but they're writing you and you don't respond. Because I'm either at appointments at physical therapy and occupational therapy and I'm going to surgery December 15th. Boy, it's a man's world, I'll tell you that. Yes, go ahead, Steve. But you need to put all of this on hold for this blowjob. Megan is the Tom Brady of sucking, the Sammy Salsa of the blowjob. You gotta, you gotta be ready for this. Be prepared, Eric, because we want to see something come out of that limp noodle of yours. <laughs> right, so, Stephen. So it's, up to, it's up to Debbie and Megan when they want this to happen. How long did it take for medicated Pete to sync up with Megan and come? Less than a week, two weeks. Come on, Eric. You gotta, you gotta put some effort in too. I will. I'll, I'll put a lot of effort in for for them too. Eric, why do you think this is going to be different? Why do you think you're going to be able to come this time? You, you have to admit, three days, Debbie, the cum lady, sucked on your dick and couldn't get anything out of it. Because I've been eating very healthy a lot. For the last for the last year, I lost a lot of weight, mm-hmm. and, and I've been drinking a lot of water. I cut out a lot of soda. Right, and soda soda will keep you from coming. I, I yeah, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Is he serious? Has soda he makes you gay. Lost weight. <laughs> he has. Lost has, weight. has he lost any weight? You guys? Yeah. I mean, but, no. Are you kidding me? Yes, I do. <laughs> How much did you lose? Well, I I'm almost down to two ninety seven. <laughs> he's almost down era. to that. What are you oh, actually from, from from two ninety eight? <laughs> he's at he's at four hundred seventy two. Almost down <laughs> to three ninety. I mean, give me a break. When we is the last time? Together, I, I'm going to ask you something. And I want an honest answer, although I don't think I'll get one. When is the last time you ejaculated? Uh, <laughs> about two weeks ago. Okay. What were you what thinking about? What is ejaculation? About? Yeah, what, what, first what of all, this? let's make sure we're on the same page. What is an ejaculation? Do you know? Yes, when you cut, when you jerk, when you jerk yourself off. Right, mm-hmm. the stuff comes out, right? Yes. Yeah. And any way it comes out, it's an ejaculation, Eric. Right. It's not just from blowjobs or whatever. Right. But that's a good job, Eric. That's a good job. You need to be training every single day. You got to be shooting all kind of 100, 200 times. Prepare yourself for this moment. 
Right. Do not let us down. Right. So, Eric. And, yes. You remember clearly with Debbie the last time you were laying on your back. She sucked on your dick for three days and nothing came out. Right. And you're saying this time you believe you will come with Megan and with Debbie. Yes. All right. No doubt in your mind. No doubt in my mind. Are well, you willing to put $500 on yourself? I'm willing to let do this. I'm willing. I'm not going to let these two beautiful women down. And I'm going to have Robin in the room. It's the chili over pom-poms. Oh, really? No, no, no one's going to be in the room. First of all, <laughs> we're not going to, we're not setting the, listen, you understand something. <laughs> if you guys do this, that's up to you guys. I'm not involved in this, but I certainly want to know what happens if you guys arrange this. So, Eric, it's up to you to arrange it. I'm not going to sit there and force this situation. Personally, personally I think it's disgusting, <laughs> but I'm willing to bet on it. <laughs> and these two saints, oh, yeah. these two, these two ladies are going to sit there and tongue your asshole and suck your dick, man. I got to create some kind of metal for them or something. Well, I'll walk them away. Yeah. Metal of grossness. I'm going to talk to Debbie and Megan today and see when uh, they want to do this. Now, I am saying he won't come. Does anyone disagree with me besides Eric? I totally I disagree. disagree. <laughs> I disagree with you, Howard Stern, because I know that Megan is the Wayne Gretzky of blowjobs. Really? And it's definitely hmm. going to happen. But Debbie was the Mahomes of blowjobs, and she couldn't get him to come. That's true. That I, I, well, hey, hey look, look, I'm not going to debate that, but I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> the Tom Brady of blowjobs is Megan, and it's going to happen. Wow. You know, Howard, when Eric wants something, when Eric wants free concert tickets or he wants to go to something, or he, he doesn't leave people alone. He becomes the biggest right. nudge on the planet. So the fact that there's two women begging, basically, to blow him and he's kind of brushing them off really tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Benji, of all people, I don't know if he's just being a contrarian, but he believes Eric will come. I don't know what he's basing that on. What are you basing that on, Benji? Yeah, no, I believe it sincerely. I, the moment I heard him talking to Megan, you can hear the sexual excitement in his voice. And yeah. I'll put money on it if it really? happens. This could okay. this could end up. You know, totally agree. Right. Benji's so Benji. excited it might not even happen. Can I say this? As far as Benji's theory, when Debbie proposed the blowjob. Eric would call me and say that he's looking at pictures of Debbie and he was he was masturbating and coming. So he was super excited as well. As a matter of fact, he kept saying, I'm coming right now. I'm coming in my truck. I just watched Debbie again. I came, he came like six times, according to this whole thing with Debbie. Now, you're just right. saying he had a conversation with Megan. Right. It's not going to happen. He's not going to come. Well, maybe yeah, Benji, I, was looking... I, I will bet with you, but I'm telling you, I hate to take your money. This fucking guy, he he's not going to come from Megan, and Megan's good at it. And so, Debbie's great at it. I don't even understand what you're saying, but I'll, I'll bet you. I don't think it's so much technique. I, it's just it's I don't think he's penis. I don't think he's. But how are you? I think if Chris how? blew him, he'll come in three seconds. I'd get the job done. Trust <laughs> right. me. Yeah. I never thought I'd say this, but I totally agree with Benji. This is the future of sports. Benji, I agree with you. 
how how are we going to determine the ejaculation though? Well, you know, we'll have somebody there to make sure they trust the ladies. You know, any any white stuff that comes out, I'll, I'll count as a <laughs> There's always physical <laughs> well, evidence. Yeah. As long as it's not mayonnaise, yeah. we're talking about Eric here. So, right. so every everyone on screen want to put on a hundred? Hey, I'm, I'm down with that for sure. Oh, yeah, I'm down. Um, wait, wait, sure. don't hold on a second. On hold on a second. It's Adam Sandler. Uh, hey, Adam, what's up? Hey, Howard, Eric, it's really simple, buddy. All you do is you pull out your do, and then she lets you suck on that wabadoo, and then you spill <laughs> Right, right. That's good advice. That's good advice. Right, Stephen A.? That's absolutely great advice, especially coming from Adam Sandler. This dude may be an actor, but he's also an athlete, and he knows exactly what he's talking about. I agree with Adam and Benji. Right. This <laughs> is going to go down. <sighs> Ah. There's no, there's no way you're not gonna shabadoo once you get that gabba gabba do down your do do your penis will right. go All right, shut the door on Adam, but we still have Stephen A here. Benji, you got a hundred. I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll make bets. I mean, we can, we can formally do this as the blowjob gets closer. But uh, I think you're gonna lose a lot of money that day. Well, Howard, now that um. Uh, Megan's husband's out. What do you feel about, uh, like you said, Megan goes first, Debbie goes second. And if he doesn't come, how do you feel about both Megan and Debbie blowing him at the same time as the third option? I'm fine with that. She yeah. doesn't have enough dick for that, Sal. I mean, I've been right up close and seen high pitches penis. They're going to be licking belly. There's not but that still, much penis a, for two mouths. But it's a combination of the two. If that can get him to come, nothing will. Uh, Eric, how do you feel about both gals uh, blowing whatever little penis you have? It's going to be hard. It's going to be so hard as a rock. Right. But hard yeah. isn't what we're after. We're after you coming. I'll do it. I'll come for both of them. He I'll said he's going to come twice. Yeah, come. That's what he's saying. I, I, I say he won't come once. I'll come, I, I'll come three times for them. I think you'll have a harder time coming with two. Howard, have you, you've had two women, right? Blow you? Yeah. I mean, I don't Isn't know. Isn't it like yeah. more confusing and like, uh, <laughs> yeah, wasn't, right. wasn't confusing to me. <laughs> but they weren't women. Yeah. What a conundrum. Two girls blowing me. Yeah. Yeah. Gee, <laughs> that'll really confuse me. I don't know. I don't think I could come from that. I, oh, I can't concentrate. Uh, a single uh, one at a time. <laughs> you, you easier right. to come with. It's very hard to concentrate. Oh, I can't believe it. Oh, Benji, you really, you really gonna lose a lot of money this day. I'm telling you, pal. I, I worry about Benji. I know he's not a rich man. I don't want to see him blow all his money. I mean, oh my oh God, God. Uh, Brian, you're on the air in Florida. Go ahead. I just want to say, fuck Eric. He shouldn't get a chance to get any of these blowjobs. He's the last person on earth who deserves blowjobs like this. Why don't you find someone that's deserving of this shit, not him? I, mean, mm -hmm. I know what you're point. saying. I've been I, with I the agree. same I... woman for 20 years. I come from a blowjob in like five minutes. Crazy. Of course, of course, of course, uh, of course. Yeah. Wow. Uh, now, see, that's yeah. that's a great situation. But see, what you have to understand in this debate, <laughs> Eric is the underdog in this story. He's like Team USA, February 22nd, 1980s, a miracle on ice, the world's biggest day to prove everyone you can do it. Come on, Eric. They don't believe in you. They're insulting you on air right here on the Howard Stern Show. You better go. Hey, Stephen A., uh, 
I'm even counting pre-cum. If any, anything oozes out of that cock, I'll be happy. Hey, Howard, at this Except point, anything pee, that comes come out of that penis is, is definitely a win for Eric. Right. Definitely no a win. Pee. Yeah. Don't, no, no don't pee, pee on the ladies. Yeah, pee. Oh, yeah you yeah, can't yeah, pee no, on no, the ladies. No, no, we're not yeah. talking about an R. Kelly situation. We're talking about an R. Kelly <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming. What is going on? I just came. Hey, no, you just peed in my mouth. Why does my pee smell like asparagus? What the hell? My cum is yellow. <laughs> this has to be one of the grossest debates of all time, but I'm like, Cum is not yellow. Cum is white. That's there right, Eric. Yeah, well, at least he saying. has the colors correct. Uh, 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 King of all blacks, you're on the air. What do you want to say? I just, I, I'm, I'm confused. If he's getting a blowjob and his dick is hard, you, 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 you're supposed to come like you come because you want, you want to come. So I don't think it got hard because that's weird. Well, there's some speculation that there were medications involved in getting hard. So we don't know. Listen, this is crazy. Let me, let me wrap this up by, uh, you know what? Let me ask Debbie a question. Is she there? Yeah, yeah. of course. Debbie, did he walk in with an erection that time he got hard? You know, yeah. When he laid down, it was hard. It, it oh, was yeah. straight up. Uh, yeah. All right. That's why I'm saying this. He was already hard. Yeah. Okay. Eric? Mm. Yes? You're lying to us. You're lying to us about... Did you I'm shoot something in there? I did not take no uh, Viagra whatsoever. I never did. But did you did you put a needle in your penis and blow it up? No, he didn't do that. No. I was well, just oh, you don't did know, you take Eric. any, any kind of anything. any kind of hardening drug? There's other things than Viagra. Yeah, horny goat weed. Did you take that? <laughs> no. no. You take those uh, the gas station the gas station dick right. pills. The, the Lenny Dice yeah. stuff. Yeah, hey, those, Benji. those are called rhinos, by the way. <laughs> Not that called? you would know. Uh, not, not that I, but Eric, let, let me give you a tip on how to have an orgasm. If you can't come, try licking one of your fingers and rubbing your nickel, your nipples while you're getting a blowjob. That always oh. helps me. So just put it, put, make sure you embed that, put that in when you get your blowjob and you're definitely going to have an orgasm. Yeah. Well, no coaching. Hey, Benji, all I'm telling you is there are 132 staffers now lined up willing to bet you each $100. Wow. Um, so, you know, the, the people want that, that bet. Many? Wow. <laughs> yeah, we really do. It's unbelievable. You, you, you wouldn't you believe it. You gold there, Benji. <laughs> How is it we have 132 people and we're sitting and talking about Eric getting a blowjob? I mean, you'd think we'd come up with something better than that. But uh, I'll tell you what we... I'll tell you what I'd like to play right now is it, it, it's the official is Eric ready for a blowjob blowjob song parody. It's a lot, <laughs> but uh, here it is. Oh, 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 oh. Is Eric ready for a blowjob? Oh, yeah. Does he know what one is? It's in your breast. He might not have a functioning penis, or he could be asexual. Oh. Gonna have to work real hard to make Eric jizz. Oh my God. There it is. Okay. Well, all right. So you guys let us know when this is happening. I can't arrange it. You guys got to arrange it. Okay, Megan and and Debbie, are you there still? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. All right. And uh, Megan and Debbie, are you guys becoming friends now? Is that what's happening? 
Not yet. But Howard, let me just say one other thing, reiterate this. Remember, I was with Eric for three whole days, three whole nights, using vibrators, emotion lotion on him, blowing him for a while. You all have no idea. Nothing happened. So I give Megan credit if she could do it. I just doubt it's going to happen. See, Benji? Does Eric, do you agree that you did not ejaculate with uh, Debbie? Well, I didn't. I didn't even ejaculate when I was out there in Florida. Did right. you feel it? Did you think you were going to at any point? <laughs> I, I I felt it. I felt like I was going to come when she was gonna, when she was doing it, but I I I couldn't do it. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, Howard, that's, really that's medication. I yeah. mean, a lot of times that's medication. Oh, honey, I've it's been, more than... Well, more I, going I, on, I, yeah. I, I've been with men as a swinger who have a hard time coming, not because they're not attracted to me, they're married to a woman, um, but they're on medication and they get hard, but they can't come. And it's very frustrating for them. And, and you know, it's it's not unheard of. All right. Well, all right. Listen, hey, but Eric, Eric says he's going to do it. He's good to go. Yeah, he says healthy, he's got it. He's, soda. He cut out soda. So I'm, I'm thinking. Uh, well, hey, listen, I'm. <laughs> hey, I hope he does. I hope you come, Eric. I'm not against you. I just, I just don't think it's going to happen. You know, it's going to happen. He put the sodas down. He's going to have an orgasm. I believe in you, Eric. Eric, really? how often do you tend to jerk off? Maybe twice a day. Oh, but you only come every two weeks? (laughs) Twice a day. (laughs) Yeah. But then why did you only come two weeks ago? Because because I came to, because I was doing it two weeks ago, and I try to do it twice a day if I can. (laughs) And how often are you jerking off to, like, Donnie Wahlberg when you do this? Well... He's, well, this new season didn't start yet because, you know, they're still on strike. Right. Right. And how well, often are you jerking off to the... Chris? I haven't. Have you jerked off to John Stamos? No. Huh. Mm. But you All see, right. you you don't you don't have an ejaculation every time you jerk off? No, really. Oh, <laughs> of course. Only sometimes when I'm in my shower. Mm. All right, all right. Huh. All right, listen, I, enough of this. We, we know if it does happen, Debbie and Megan, let us know so we can, uh, you know, cover this thing. And, uh, okay. you know, let us, let us in on it. And, uh, Benji, if it get, w- the date gets close, I'll take a bet with you for sure. I mean, come mm. on. I'll take that $100 right now. And my money's on him coming. Let me know too, Howard, because I would like to commentate this entire thing. I would be honored, Stephen. You're one of the top guys, you know. Well, we appreciate you, Howard. Eric, we're rooting for you. Right. And by the way, right. fuck, fuck that call of Brian that called in saying I wouldn't be able to come. Fuck him. Yeah. All right. All right. Those are five you words. You want to fuck him? Yeah. There's <laughs> a motive. <laughs> you mean there's a motivated man? I I, I like Eric's determination. I right, Stephen. That's determination. I love it. Debbie and Megan going head to head, giving head. I can't wait. Right. Okay. There you go. 
Thank you, High Pitch. Thank you, Debbie. And thank you, Megan. Please keep us alerted as to what happens, all right? Yes. No problem. And by the way, if I may end this segment with a little bit of tape, here's Eric asking for a break during his Debbie (laughs) blowjob. Because it was just going on and on and on. I think this was like in round three, third day. But here we go. Here you go. Mm. Mm. Uh, I want you to enjoy this moment. Like... Uh, come on, Eric, give me what I want. Dude, there's that one was about to come. Because mm-hmm. it felt like it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're about to come and it feels like mm-hmm. it. Oh, come on, Eric. No, no, wait, let's take a break. Huh? Let's take a little break. Okay. Let's do it again. <laughs> a little Take's break. A break. <laughs> Eric, what, what happened there? This? Yeah, Debbie was shocked, Eric. I was probably tired from the long trip. Yeah. All right. I've never had that problem. (sighs) I know. I I remember many times when I was with a woman, uh, I took a long trip and I'd be tired. Yes. (laughs) I was with a man. It was a little different, I guess. Still feel good about your bet, Benji? Yeah. I I feel that he will do it. Like, when I hear him talking (laughs) to men, I feel sexual excitement. Yeah, he puts on a he, he puts too, on a good a good show, but it, 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 all right. Listen, we'll see what happens. We shouldn't. Debate I think this Eric anymore. likes a free hotel room and a couple free meals. I think that's the oh, highlight for Eric. Yeah, yeah for sure. The blowjob is more for he Debbie. Did. You know? I want yeah. you to enjoy this. <laughs> all right, Debbie, Megan, thank you, uh, Eric. Any last words? <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, so I'm not going to let these women down, and I'm going to be able to perform uh, this time. All right. There you Please go. come from here, Eric. We want we want you to come, man. I, I got to admit my dick kind of committed suicide a little bit when you said let's take a break. But I still believe in you, Eric. Make it epic. Right. Right. Okay. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Debbie. And thank you, High Pitch. A, uh, the holy trinity of uh, blowjobs. What can I tell you? There you go. Nice gals. And uh, they're saints. All, all those ladies are saints. Um, speaking of saints, Marianne, what do you want to say before I say goodbye to Stephen A. and the whole gang here? Yes, Marianne. What I, I, Howard, you must have a little more faith in High Pitch, Eric. That's not right. You should be his biggest cheerleader. You're ready for starting, hey. but you're saying he's not going to come. I'll bet a hundred bucks that he's going to come. And I believe oh, in Megan. Stop it. Megan. Megan is soft spoken. She's going to get him to come. Uh, Debbie, the come lady, is very nice, but she put him to it in three days. I, well, you're not soft spoken, and you, you make your husband come. I guarantee you that Megan is going to let Eric come in the first two hours there together. Mark my words, Howard. I think Megan right. is going to come. Hey. I'm the biggest cheerleader. I, know I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I'm, I'm not against him coming. I mean, I'm just uh, calling it the way I see it. Debbie, the come lady, knows how to blow a dude. I mean, it's not, not this woman's got tons of tons of experience. Debbie, the come lady, has experience, but she has a different way of going about it. Let's give Megan a chance. I have faith in Eric, and I, I will give her all the chances she wants. Towers. She's right. Uh, I'll bet. Hey, Stephen, thanks. Uh, thanks for coming uh, on the show today. I appreciate you. I really needed somebody who knows sports. Thank you. <laughs> All right, pal. There he goes. Stephen A. Wow. Wow. 
Wow. What a morning, huh? Amazing. Crazy. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Let's go to Pablo. Pablo, you're on the air. This is uh, Pablo from Ohio. And then uh, I'll read you some of the fan feedback. And then we're going to talk to Sammy Hagar and and friends. Uh, I'll tell you what their big announcement is. Go ahead, Pablo. Hey, good morning, King. Uh, we speak your name. Thank you for awesome. taking my call. Uh, m- m- many times, long time, man. Uh I just, uh, I absolutely love you. Um, I think like everybody, a lot of uh, fans deal with a lot of mental stuff, a lot of challenges. And uh apologize, I'm running upstairs. Um, and you just make it all better, man. Well, isn't that nice? I love you. All right, well, hey, I love, I love you. you too. Thank you for saying that, I, man. I, I really I, appreciate it. Well, I, I deeply mean it, man. Um, my wife and I, we both listen to you. I've been listening to you since... The first show that I heard was Gary's Bachelor Party. That goes way back. I don't even remember that. Gary had a bachelor party on the air? No, no. No. You guys uh, were just talking about it, and I started learning about funny money. And uh, it was just, uh, anyway, you you, you almost raised me. But anyway, I love you. And uh, what I wanted to ask you is when it comes time to hanging it up, is there any chance that you could do your last sign-off at, like, uh, you know, in front of live audience at, at, like, Madison Square Garden? I don't know about Madison Square Garden. That wouldn't be very intimate. But that's not a bad idea, you know? Like, maybe, like, when, when your pal here, time it's time to, you know, walk into the walk into the sunset. I maybe doing that with some fans. You know what I mean? Like, maybe have... Have a have an event. Please, That's not please, a bad please, idea, Pablo. Please do do something, man. Because, and I I hope your brand and your 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 channels or whatever you decide to do, who you know, where whatever direction you go, even if you just got on live once a month, once a year, just so we can hear your voice, hear your perspective on what's going on in the world, the funny shit, the serious shit. Just please, I don't know, man. I don't know how the contract stuff works, but. I, I need to hear your voice. I've never seen you in person. That's one of my goals. Um, You're lucky. No, <laughs> no I, I, I'm <laughs> I'd scare you. I want to. I want to meet you in person someday, or at least see you in person. And um, and I'm going to keep calling up because if you ever do do a final um, live, you know, sign off, I want to be the first person on your guest list. Um, hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to just. Hey. I'm, I'm just going to keep hitting you up about it, man. And I'm All not right. going to ask for anything, and I just want to let you know I love you, man. I love you, Robin. Love you, Gary. And I love you, Fred. So, uh, and great job, Silent Richard and the rest of the crew. I love you. All right. All right, King. Well, we speak All right, name. Pablo. Well, since it was your idea, if I do something like that, you should be there. So just remind us. You know, I, I would tell the guys to write down your name and keep it in our records, but we really don't have any records. So, you know, they would forget <laughs> anyway. But uh, anything from the uh, in the archives in that storage thing that uh, Gary could possibly send us, you know, a super hmm. fan like myself. I, Jason, uh, what kind of garbage I have in the archives? I mean, what kind of yeah. valuable uh, <laughs> memorabilia do I have in my archive? <laughs> What's in there? I have to go find the whole the, the big list. Um, but there's definitely some fun stuff in there we could pull out. Just give me a, a second here. Hold on. Go ahead. We'll give you some time. Howard, you know what uh, we're yeah. talking about? You know what we're talking what about? What is that, Gary? Because uh, it came up on Strathology. Do you have any? I think you have an autographed G. Gordon Liddy calendar that might be available. Mm. 
Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. Not Let me true. see what you... uh, not, not true. We gave that out already, actually. Some lucky fan yeah, that, has that. Uh, some already. lucky fan owns that already. Uh, that's an impossibility. Yeah. Uh, what, what, uh, I have archived and saved everything throughout my career to the point that there's so much garbage and so much money I spend on, on this that I'm more than happy to give it away to Pablo. What do you got? Hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I got a bunch of anything that involves you, man, anything at all, anything all right, personal that was sent to you personally, I love you, man. I, thanks. All right, I let me see. All right, your love seems genuine. Let me uh, go ahead, Jason. <laughs> sorry, everything's taking a long time to open. I apologize. And I'm waiting uh, to get some information. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay, okay. Okay, what do you got? All right. This we is sitting in a warehouse right now, waiting to go to you. And so I don't have a copy of the Greg Fitzsimmons book, Dear Mrs. Fitzsimmons, which you wrote the foreword for. You're holding on really? to that. That is, oh, yes. I, I was so angry with Greg for asking me to do that, and I didn't have the balls to say no. Go ahead. <laughs> you know those uh, when they take like a record and they put it in a nice frame because it's like platinum or gold or something along yeah. that line. You have a cheap trick one that is autographed by the band. Hmm. Um. Oh, we have it. the welding helmet that Gary used to wear while running the Sibian. Hmm. The Bobby Bad you, Fingers. <laughs> why don't you give him everything? <laughs> give him all that shit. How, how big yes. a truck do you have? Yeah. How, how much room? How big is your house, Pablo? Because we could send a lot of this over to you right now. Pablo, He's in Ohio. All, all yeah. 37 Sibian attachments that were signed by the women who wrote them. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, yes, did, we, did we really save those? We should throw those a fuck out. Man. How did we save them? Put we're, those in a warehouse? We're <laughs> paying to keep them in like a climate controlled environment. That's what I mean. How fucking ridiculous am I? I said, I must have given an edict years ago. I said, you know, save all this stuff because it'll be memorabilia for my career. Who knows? We'll end up using it. So the, the guys took me literally. So they would save like girl would come in and use an attachment on a Sibian and then they just have her autograph it and throw it in the archive. And I mean, Literally, there's a warehouse filled with this shit. A warehouse I got. I've no, been wondering, did you box it up nice? I mean, my goodness, no, this is absolutely not. Just throw it around. Box it. Oh. You know By who works way. here. What would they box up? A bunch of slobs. I mean, no, come on, give the, give the guy something good. What you got? With that something? We have there? an autographed Jeff the Drunk shirt. Uh, we have oh. a private park. Ooh, okay. Huh. Pablo, yeah. you want that? Yeah, Howard, yes, please. Okay. okay. Yes. Pablo, you drunk. Pablo, not because I need to clear out this warehouse so my wife stops complaining about the bills <laughs> I'm receiving, but you have been the lucky recipient of a Jeff the Drunk T-shirt. Uh, Jason, tell us more about this T-shirt. Is it something that he wore, or is it something with his picture on it? What is it? I believe it is something with his picture on it, a design signed by Jeff the Drunk. I'm waiting to get more details on it now, but uh, I don't think he actually wore it. I don't think it's like off of his back. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think Pablo Jeff the Drunk design shirt. Yeah. Yeah. All right, is Pablo. There, you, uh, the king. Uh, now, now I'm being greedy. Is there anything with your signature on it, with your autograph? Hmm. Hold on. Let me check our vast archives. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what about this? I see here. Um, Sylvester Stallone autographed Tulsa King poster. No, I wouldn't have bought uh, yeah, no, uh, uh, yeah, no, Sylvester Stallone signed that and sent that to you. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Um, so it's not something you signed, if that's what he's looking mm -hmm. for. Why would he uh, have something he signed? Doesn't he give all of that away? Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, hey, uh, Pablo, oh, look at this. A Jim Baker food bucket. I didn't know we still had those. <laughs> we haven't given them away yet. That's the problem. Yeah. Hey, don't Go those ahead. things last? That's probably still good. 
I don't know we if do they last, a, but they do, but they take up a lot of room, and uh, <laughs> I pay for it. Go ahead, uh, Jason. We do have what a legit good prize here. Look at this: um, a private parts poster autographed by you. We do have that. There in, you uh, go. Oh. Yes, please. All yes, right, please. Pablo. Expect the Jeff the Drunk T-shirt signed by Jeff the Drunk and a Howard Stern poster, a private parts poster signed by me. How's that? Yay, Howard. You, you are you are my mental health coach, man. You're my mental health uh, dose every day when I can hear you live, even when I can't, man. So thank you. Okay, can, and by the way, this guy's a good guy. We, uh, the, uh, the, did you say, the, I know we saved all of Gary's toenail clippings. Can we send that yeah. to him as well as a bonus? Toenail clippings, nose <laughs> hair. That, <that's laughs> I was going to ask, could we just send him everything we mentioned so far? Because it would just be a lot easier. Uh, yeah, maybe... Maybe send him everything we mentioned and, and let him pay for storage. Yeah. Okay. I love you. I mean, the, the, the cheap trick, the cheap trick record sounds like something I should have kept, but I guess I didn't, huh? Is it, is it platinum? It. It's there. It's no, there. I mean, it, it's, says... it seems like something maybe I should hold on to, or, but I don't know my, if it's been in storage and I didn't know about it, what's the difference? It's a copy it to of this cheap guy. tricks at Budokan autographed on the front and back and decorated with guitar picks. Wow. It's going to look great in my basement, down in, the, in, in my display case. Howard, yeah, you know what? Thank give you. it, give it, as much as I love Cheap Trick, give it to Pablo. Let him have everything that we mentioned, okay. all right? Even the okay. Sylvester Stallone or Graf Tulsa King post. Get ready, Pablo. <laughs> Get ready, Pablo. <laughs> Thank you, and, uh, Let me tell you, I can tell you exactly what it costs to store this stuff, so... Uh, Okay. There's a, there's a big, uh, there's a big dump truck on its way to your house. <laughs> yeah, okay. Throw it in the attic, King. Pablo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good luck, Pablo. All right. Thank you. Thank Hold you the line. Much, Hold the you, line, Robin. pal. Okay. Well, that's right. Of course you love Robin. Everyone loves Robin. It's an obvious. Obvi. What's he going to do Our... with those Sibian things? No. Are you kidding? <laughs> that's disgusting. You know, Jason, talk to Pablo. He might, you might just want to throw those away. But yeah. If he yeah. Wants I, them, I he might check with our, our, our health department. You know, no one asked for that, by the way. Sal just started doing that. Like, girls would ride Ugh. the Sibian, and then Sal would just go up to him and, like, ask if they could autograph You know what? Start tell, them for uh, tell Pablo he's entitled to him, but from a health standpoint, I would say <laughs> just burn the, Get rid of those, okay? Yeah, let's throw, throw them out. out. Let's throw All right, them good out. man. <laughs> All right. Uh, there you go. That's Pablo. And I uh, got to take a break. When we come back, Sammy Hagar and his announcement. And uh, we're in for a treat, too, with Sammy always and talk a little Van Halen, talk a little bit about this, a little bit about that. Now, that's a great riff. David Bowie live in Santa Monica, 1972 with Ziggy Stardust. What a man. And speaking of great men, I believe all the way from our Los Angeles studios, it will be Sammy Hagar and I'll introduce or I'll have Sammy introduce everyone who's with him. And uh, there he is. Look at my man dressed in white. Yeah. Look at the look at you, you handsome devil, you. Look at Sammy Hagar. Unbelievable. Oh, he gets you everywhere, Howard. Who's he looking at? Get you, Who's he looking at? Who's he looking at, Michael Anthony? Sammy, introduce. Uh, I'll tell you what, Sammy. Let's begin like this. Introduce everyone in the studio with you and why they are there. Oh, man, my wife, my dog, a couple roadies, my manager, and they are here because they know this time of the morning they all had to be here to support me to even get me out of bed. Howard. 
<laughs> yes. Howard, I'm on the other side of the clock, my brother. Woo! I know. But anyway, no. Talk to me, Sammy. <laughs> oh, Sammy, uh, most musicians <laughs> stay up late and then sleep through the day. Is that your normal routine? I don't even stay up late anymore. I go to bed early and still sleep through the day. <laughs> That's what happens. Old people do, Howard. Yeah, yes. I know. I know. No, I brought... I brought my right hand and left hand wait, man. Wait. My left handed right hand man, Michael Anthony, is in the house. Look at that my man. Yeah. Michael Anthony, God love you. I watch, you know, damn, <laughs> I watch so many old Van Halen videos. I was talking about it this morning. And my iconic moment for me is when the three of you, you, Eddie, and Michael, Sammy, used to just do that dance in the, you know, up the on duck stage. Walk, yeah. Yeah, the duck. Oh, it's just fucking great. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was just so great. Michael, how are we you? We stole that. It took us years to learn that. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing. I'm. I'm. We great. stole that from a band called Madness, that English band from, yeah. from England, where they had stuff. our house, but it was before one our house. step beyond. Yeah, one step beyond. They did that dance, and so we stole it, and then some other people stole it from us. But <laughs> we take credit for it. We you know what? I was credit, so. I was watching some. Before you finish introducing everyone, because okay. this is kind of exciting, I was watching. And just some old Van Halen stuff. Sammy, when you would be on stage and you would literally jump higher than like Eddie's head, like you would jump up and kick and all that shit. What, what, like, did you get groin pulls and would you get injured doing those dances and things? I'm being serious. Like, it seems to me no. to be like almost like an aerobics workout. No, I was just really in shape. I ran every day back then and I was really into not working out in the gym. I was just into being like, like fast and furious, you know, and, um, you know, boxing background, jumping rope and punching bags and stuff. And I'm just always running and jumping off of stuff. It just kind of, I was just a maniac, you know. And it doesn't I, affect I your really... singing, though, Sammy. It doesn't affect your singing when you're running. I mean, when you're running that hard on the <laughs> yeah. stage, doesn't it take your breath away? And, I mean, you got to have a lot of breath control for singing. Uh, the, yeah, the, the... I don't know. I Honest to God, Howard, I, I was thinking about the other day how when I would go out on stage back in those days, in the third song, I would be so winded, I'd be like gasping for breath, but I was young and in such great shape, I would get it back like that. Was all I have to do is Eddie take a solo and I'd come back, I was ready to go again. It's like a boxer, you know, you give it all for, uh, you know, for the, the round and then you sit down for one minute and you get it back. And when you're in shape, that you can do that. Uh, yeah, I, I was crazy. I, I'm a nervous performer. I, I can't stand just standing there. I'm embarrassed to just stand there. I don't want people just looking at me, so I just run all over the place. Now so, that you're older, and you're a young older, but still, now that you're older, do you look back at those videos ever and say, how the fuck did I do that? I <laughs> yeah, mean, absolutely. I think more than that, Howard, I go, why the fuck did I do that? <laughs> like, I was working so, so extra hard, you know, it was like just to prove what, you know. It's kind yeah. of silly, but but yeah, I was I was in some kind of really great shape back then. I used to run seven eight miles a day, and didn't go do a show at night. Yeah, I mean, that's, but you did it because fun. you had so much to prove. I was telling the funniest fucking story about you this morning. I don't know if you heard the, the show. I was talking about you when you were doing your solo career before Van Halen and stuff. Somehow you end up on a bill with Kiss. You're opening up for Kiss at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> And it went horribly wrong. I was telling the audience about it. And you got so fucking pissed off. Michael, do you know this story about Sammy? I've, I've heard it before. Sammy, I think you've told that story. To I have. Yeah. You've heard yeah. it. <laughs> Sammy got so pissed off at the audience for booing him and shit. You just pulled out your dick on stage and showed it to him. Boom. Right? What Boom. were you thinking, yes, Sammy? Sir, I did. What's the point? Like, where, where were you going with that? I was just pissed off. I was really pissed off, Howard. You know, when they when they when they introduced me that night on stage, I say, "Ladies and gentlemen, 
you know, please, you know, Sammy Hagar. And the pace started booing before I even played. So I was already right. pissed. Played th three songs. They kept booing. So I just smacked up Fuck a 61 Stratocaster guitar, which I still wish I had today. I have it. It's just in pieces. And uh, and pulled my, my dick out. Said, here. And wow. And did that... Did that, Sammy, did that shut people up? Like, when they see you pull out your dick, was it like, wow? <laughs> uh, Howard, I'm not sure they saw it. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy, you must have a tremendous penis. I mean, no, no one, uh, well, I can't pull out my dick on stage. There's nothing to pull out. I mean, uh, well, you've got to be proud of that thing. <laughs> Sammy, no, was, it it to it say, <laughs> was it to say to the audience, listen, you can sit there and boo me all you want to, but look at the size of my cock and fuck you all. No, I mean, no. if it had been now, if it had been an erection, that would have been different. But it was not an erection, so you know, it's like, it was it was a brave move, Howard, in every respect. Be, all I can say is I would never do that again, <laughs> except Sammy. on the Howard Stern show. Oh. Oh, there it is. Uh, the, the, Sammy, so here you are. You're standing there with Michael Anthony. Who else is there with you right now? Well, we got the circle drummer and, uh, for, I don't know, probably played with Jason Bonham. Jason Bonzo Bonham is in the house. Jason's been playing with Mike and I longer than I think any drummer. I Jason? Mean, right? Yeah. How long has it been? It's, uh, Jason Bonzo Bonham. Next year will be our 10 year anniversary. That's a long time. Uh, Jason, I mean, Ze it, Zeppelin only lasted till eleven years. Yeah. Jason, it is an honor to oh, have yeah. you here with me. Um, you're wearing a Moby Dick T-shirt in honor of your late father, I assume. And um, um, well, honor of a size of his uh, penis, yes. If he'd whipped it out, if he'd whipped it out on stage, then Rumor people would have took note. But uh, so, Rumor so, has it. And Rumor has it. You, yeah. Yes. But, Sammy, yeah. who else is on the stage with you? Introduce. Well, because we're announcing this tour we're going to do next year where we're going to go deep into the Van Halen catalog, which normally when Mike and I go out with the circle, we play five or six Van Halen songs, play most of my stuff, a little Chicken Foot, a little Montrose, blah, blah, a little Led Zeppelin. But now we're going to reverse that, and we'll play five or six of my songs. <laughs> And we're going to really go deep into the Van Halen thing, and we'll explain that as we go on. So if you're going to go deep into the Van Halen catalog, you need Joe Satriani. Otherwise, you're going to have some... Yeah, there you go. Joe, so we have Joe Satriani in-house. Yes. Good morning. Joe, uh, Joe. Good morning. Pleasure to, uh, I think, to meet you. I don't think I've ever met you before, Joe. Have I? I think uh, back in 88 or something like that, we did some sort of Grammy thing for a couple of seconds when they yeah. used to do broadcast like in a room and a bunch of djs were around and i think i sat there with you and ray manzarak or something like that for yeah. five minutes that's about yeah. it but it's good to see you again now it's good to see you too you know I, I, there's so much to talk about but sammy first of all your big announcement is that you're going to go out and essentially do a lot of the van halen stuff that you and michael normally didn't do when you would go out with either chicken foot or the circle or whatever the hell. I mean, so so this is a big announcement for you, and it's a big announcement for Van Halen fans because this is about as close as you're going to get, right? Well, yeah, it's like it's been 20 years. When we go out next year in, in July, I think it's the 7th or whatever we start, it, it will be almost exactly 20 years 
since Mike and I did a reunion with Ed Now in 04. I mean, 20 years. I'm sitting there going, what? This is what kicked my ass. We released that box set, uh, Van Halen box set, too, of my era, where they remastered and put some extra tracks on there. It's really, really great. So digging through that, Mike and I are listening to make sure everything sounds good for the remastering and stuff. And then we're going, wow, oh, what about that song? Oh, we need to start doing that song. So we got talking like that, you know, Seventh Seal and songs like like that in Amsterdam, you know, deep tracks. And we're going, oh, that song's so cool to play live. There's, so. there's stuff we're going to do on this next tour that we haven't played since that tour in 2004. Yeah. So what was the reason years later, you guys weren't playing certain songs? Was it because you felt uh, maybe, I don't know, well, why wouldn't you play certain songs? It just felt a little uncomfortable. I mean, certain songs, you ask, oh, we can always play five or six songs, you know. But to go out right. and try to be Van Halen, I felt, you know, I don't want anybody criticizing us. You know, I got a solo career. Mike and I have done Chicken Foot together. We got a couple circle records. Uh, you know, so I didn't want to really do that it just the whole time. But then all of a sudden it started building up. You know, we started listening to it and said it's been 20 years. And Mike and I just said, we can't wait another 20 years. You know, it's like, how right. long can I even sing these songs? How long can I do this stuff? You know, so I just thought it's time to serve the fans. You know, Sammy, the are you, are the you, world. Sammy, are it's you shocked? Thing. Sammy, are you shocked that your voice is so strong still? I mean, I hear you sing uh, various, uh, you know, songs. I'm, 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 you know, you're 76 years old. It's fucking crazy. You, I mean, you're a very youthful 76, but doesn't it freak you the fuck out? The number 76. I mean, this is insane. <laughs> you fuck, you damn right, Howard. Well, I wrote a song called Father Time when I turned 70 that we recorded with the circle on our last record. And it was about that when I turned 70, I said, wow, how long am I going to live? You know, I want to live yeah. to be a hundred at least, but, but you know, I'm going, 30 more years man the last 30 years when i'm you know married kari we'd been together 30 years i'm going man that just seemed like yesterday so yeah you start looking at the other side of the clock and saying you know uh how much time do i have left but for me i don't feel i feel so youthful and i feel so alive and i'm still want to do so many things i'm i don't i don't know getting old is a weird thing i don't understand it i maybe you're a, maybe i'm you're an a alien you're a youthful dude. I mean, uh, you know what I mean? You, I mean, your voice sounds good, and you're right. If you're ever going to perform these Van Halen songs, uh, this is the, the moment. That's the whole key. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the whole key. Want, now, well, now, I how can did still you, do it. And while we can still do it. <laughs> and, Joe, how do you feel about playing the... I'm watching video of uh, Eddie Van Halen doing the classic, uh, you know, Eddie Van Halen moves on the guitar. It, it's so fucking mind-blowing, that guy, and what he created... Do you feel some sort of responsibility when you go out and do these songs with the boys that uh, you've got to like, do you do you try to recreate Eddie's thing or do you try to do it in your own style? What's the move here? I, I think a little bit of both, to tell you the truth. Um, I mean, there are things that are so iconic. You have to nail it. You have to try to nail it. But if you go deep with what he did live, he never played the same thing twice he just <laughs> you know he just kept evolving he kept pushing he'd do the recorded version a little bit but then he moved on and so it's it's a daunting task you know when you do the deep dive into what he did but it's good to start at the at the beginning and then you just sort of learn all his little improvs and you get the idea of what he was trying to do but it's, it's thrilling. It's fun. It's, it, it is thrilling. In other words, it's not intimidating yeah. that the, it, it, you, you're ready for the challenge to sit there and play the Eddie Van Halen stuff. <laughs> i tell you what, when, when Alex and Dave called me what, two years ago, I, you know, I heard the word yes come out of my mouth. 
But in my brain, I was saying, no, no, do not say yes to this gig because <laughs> it's just too crazy, you know, because it, it, you can't replace somebody like Eddie. You know, he's just too amazing. Yeah. But I thought about it for a second. And as a fan, you know, he he just put joy into everything. And that's what I hear, even though technically it's frightening what he did. And it was so unique to just the way he was. I think the joy in it is what got me over that. And I thought, just try to feel that excitement that he had about music, about playing guitar. And that'll sort of carry you over those technical things that you can't do, you know, that you've got to do a little work around with. Let me tell my audience that Joe is such a great guitar player. This whole band is tight. I mean, you know, everyone knows Michael and everyone knows Jason. But uh, Joe is such a fucking tight guitar player. Did you write the, um, there's two licks that Chickenfoot did, you know, two riffs. Uh, the one on Oh Yeah and the one on Soap on a Rope. I play that all yes. the time. Did you write those riffs? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's you? We were, we were just talking about that because, cause, you know, Oh Yeah was six guitars. And I brought it in and everyone said, let's do it today. You know, everything happened within just matter of hours with chicken foot right and i go sam that's six guitars like what am i supposed to do if there's just four of us in the room and he goes well you just do it with one and i had to figure out and i was doing that you know It's still awkward. Uh, I couldn't play that. I couldn't play that if I studied it all night. It's so Sammy, cool. Sammy, that is one of the sexiest riffs. When I talk oh. about a sexy riff, I don't know if that makes sense to you, but that. It, oh yeah. So Joe brought Made my that fur to go up. Me yes, too, sir. My fur went went up just now. Just I've got goosebumps all over me, and my dick's gonna get wait. Hey, oh boy, stop it, down boy, down. Keep that it dick in sexy. your pants, Sammy. Why yes, is sir, that such a difficult riff to play on the guitar? Because it's got these weird fingerings that just are nothing like guitar playing. It's almost more like piano playing, I guess. I don't know what it is. Yeah, you got to keep strings quiet, and then you got to be able to whack the strings. And there's strings yeah, you in can only hit certain strings. strings. It's technical. Yeah, yeah. And and I just start singing. Oh yeah, and we're saying. Oh, I had all the words, all the verses, and everything. And Chad Smith. I was saying, I just got to find out a good chorus, you know, because I just kept saying, oh yeah, you know. And then Chad's going. Fuck you, man. That's great. We're, oh, yeah. And we all started singing it. And say, oh, all right, it's called Oh, Yeah. You know, it was, it was such a quick thing. We threw it together. Yeah, it and fast. <laughs> Let me understand. Joe comes to you. Joe, how this, this really difficult rift that you had there, is that something yeah. you had stored up for a while, or did it just occur to you in a moment? No, no. Uh, Sammy and I have been talking about, you know, writing songs for Chickenfoot, and I just got busy and made a bunch of demos and we'd bring them in or i'd email them and then you know we'd descend on the studio and it would be a surprise you guys would pick one you just say oh i love that one let's do that run right now and so there was really no preparation it was just all enthusiasm and inspiration crazy. you know at the moment yeah just crazy how it went down same with soap on a rope it was so fast <laughs> play a little soap a on a rope that is a yeah, fucking yeah. great riff uh, soap on a rope for people who I got my 
<laughs> that yeah, we is... haven't played. Oh, the first time us four have ever played that, that together. Is that true? Years. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Does it shock you? You haven't played that in five years. Does it shock you when you can pick it up that easily again? Like that you, like Michael goes right into it. Jason went right into it. I mean, what? We're professionals. We're, prof we're professionals. Jason has never even played that. Really? Jason was never in Chicken Foot. Yeah, right, I know. So great. We've never played but, that song. Wow. Yeah. No, it shocks me a little bit, but only because you feel it. As soon as Joe starts playing it, I just you can feel it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I don't know. Sammy, you know, how Joe, does song, Joe, but Sammy, how does songwriting work? In other words, it, it, you when when a guy brings that riff to you, and you know it's great, so you don't have any preconceived notion of what you're going to sing about. You don't even know. You don't have any all. lyrics, and you just start yelling, "Oh yeah, oh yeah!" Just start feeling it. You know, let it come out. You know, it. The music, like Eddie, Eddie and I wrote the same way as Joe and I write. Joe came with the music. I just heard it. It spoke to me. It said this kind of a lyric, and I just started making up words, scatting to it. You know, just jamming with him. You know, Joe's going, wow. and I'm going, ah, yeah, yeah, you know, we're just jamming. And, and then words start coming, and then I go home that night and pinning the words down, come up with what I'm really trying to say, and we got a song. It's really quick. I'm, I'm really a fast guy to work with yeah. uh, you, joe's the you, same way he came so fast with shit you know sammy do you ever feel like an idiot at that phase like where you're going like oh <laughs> yeah and like and like do, do you, the pressure must be enormous especially when joe satriani or an eddie van halen brings you a great riff the pressure to then come up with a lyric and something over it has to i mean you can almost feel like like am i making sense here do i am i fucking this up i mean the insecurity must be huge uh, all jokes yeah, aside. at first at first at first when you're just scatting with them you, you're showing your ass man you're just like you hit bad notes and you come off and and the break you know i don't even know where a break is and all of a sudden there's a break and i'm singing through it and i go oh, excuse me you know but you just got to get over that in order to be loose and free and let your heart and soul out you really have to say fuck it if you don't like it kick me out of the band and that usually happened eventually but not not not, not right away <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know, you joke really. about that. Why did, why did in Montrose? Why did they kick you out of the band? I mean, and and, and I'll never I'm, figure out why. Why the thing with Eddie Van Halen eventually ended? I mean, it was the greatest thing ever. I mean, what the fuck is it? You? What is it, Sammy? What's going on here? I'm, I'm too ambitious for your <laughs> average insecure musician to be around. <laughs> because that's we're all I can think of. Because we're celebrating you boys going out on the road. And doing this tour, which, by the way, is going to be um, uh, an incredible tour of really celebrating Van Halen. Take me back yeah. to the pressure of the first time it, it, when, before. Oh. But, well, well he, here's what I want to know. So it was, you know, uh, David Lee Roth is out of the band. The boys are going to look for a new singer, new lead singer. We're going back in time now. Michael's in the band, Alex is in the band, Eddie's in the band, they need someone to front the fucking band. Uh, the rumor was Patty Smythe was at Michael, was that true? Patty Smythe was asked? For one hot second, yes. Okay. <laughs> but, and, you know, Patty, Patty trying to sing songs like Hot for Teacher, that wouldn't have worked out. You don't think? You know. So, nah. so, 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 let's go back to that time. Sammy says to his wife at the time, Hey, David Lee Roth's no longer in Van Halen. Those guys are going to call me. He was so confident that you guys were going to call him. Right, right, Sammy? I mean, you knew. Yeah, 
I just felt it. It just came right out of my mouth, just like a lyric, you know, just, boom. My wife and, about choked, almost had to take her to the hospital. <laughs> and Sammy, you're at the point in your life where you had a successful career and you were going to retire from the music business. You had several businesses you were running. You were always a businessman. You were really going to hang it up, right? You'd had enough. Well, I was going to give it a break. That's for sure. I was going to take at least a year off, which I had never done in my whole life, you know, from 70, 1972 in Montrose, right till 85. When that happened, I had never had a year off. I had hadn't, I came off tour and started writing, went in the studio, made a new record, back out on tour. That's all I did. Boom, boom, boom. So I was going to take okay. time off. For sure. So what was the call like? You mean, Eddie called you directly and said, Hey, Sammy, would you come and jam with us? Because we we don't we don't have a lead singer. Was that basically it? That was basically it. It was like he was at my car mechanic, our car mechanic, Claudio Zampoli, all of our car mechanic, Claudio Zampoli's place. He saw my Ferrari that was there getting a tune-up while I was on tour. I got home from tour, and he sees my car, and he's Claudio says, that's Sammy Hagar's car. You should call him. He said, do you have his number? And he said, yeah. And he sat down for a rent in Claudio's shop. And Eddie was so humble back then. He was such a sweet humble human being and and he's just going oh man why don't you just come on down you know and i said oh ed man i said i'd love to come and play with you but i just got home from tour i just cut my hair off and i'm i'm taking a big break and he's going ah you know i said when you know how about in a couple of weeks or something he's going no no like how about tomorrow and he kept just pushing but it was, was so anxious. sweet he was yeah but it was felt it started feeling good i started saying i like this guy you know i'd met him a couple of times he was just such a sweet human being back michael in, in, what in was it like for you did, did, did they come to you and say, like does Eddie say to you, "Hey, Sammy Hagar's walking," or was it a surprise to you? Like, like what what was going no, no, on? No, no, no. We room? all we we knew Sammy was coming, but I didn't know what to expect. I was sitting in the control room at fifty one fifty studio when Sammy comes walking in, and I'm expecting to see this guy with long curly hair, you know, come strolling in. He, he comes in, no hair, it's all shaved off. I'm like, wait, 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 is this Sammy started Hagar? over again? Had is to start Sammy over, Hagar? you know, yeah. And, uh, you know, the funny thing about it, because Eddie, Alex, and myself had been working on some material, which was going to eventually end up on that first uh, record with Sammy, 5150. And uh, Sammy came in, and we started, uh, one of them was Good Enough, and the other song was Summer Nights. And right. we started playing. Go ahead. Yeah, you started playing. So we go out, and we're going to, you know, we put the cassette tape in, and we're going to go jam and just, you know, just have some fun. And like Sammy said with the song, Oh Yeah, how he just started singing those lyrics, he starts singing, what did we do first, Summer Nights are Good Enough? Well, I think it was good enough, but but Summer Nights, when summer we did nights. that one, I just started singing, Sammy Summer Nights, nights I'm a radio. Yeah, Sammy starts, I mean, he sang the actual lyric that ended up in the song. We, we couldn't so believe So, Sammy, that. what Michael's describing is that the pressure must have been enormous. You You wanted to be in Van Halen, even though your manager said, don't go because those Van Halen brothers are nuts. Didn't they, didn't he say that to you? <laughs> Yeah, he warned me. <laughs> he warned you, right? He tried to tell you not to do it, but you were determined to go play with these guys. And so you're not standing there with a the guitar. You're there as a vocalist, right? You're there to, yeah. to vocalize. Take us back to that room. Start playing Summer Nights, and then you came out with this, right? This is the vocal you came out with. 
Yeah. You know, two things that happened. First of all, Alex wanted to talk business, and, and he was like crazy. I'm going, this guy's nuts. He's going, well, you got to sign a non-disclosure. I'm going, about what? And he has some contract or something. I said, no, get out of here. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and Eddie and I were, th- and Mike and I were already laughing because we already started seeing we, we, we could have a good time. So about 10 minutes, 20 minutes later, all of a sudden, I said, man, this is going nowhere. You know, talk about, oh, how much money did you make? Because, you know, well, how much money did you make? You know, I said, well, you know, we got to split it four ways. I'm well, what? You know, I've been a solo artist. It, it, got, it was really stupid, us trying to talk, if ever you remember. And finally, somebody said, let's just play some music. I said, what do you guys got? Yeah, because they've been up all night rehearsing for these two songs. And then they went in there and Ed played. I think it, it was good enough good first, enough you know. First, yeah. and, and we can play a little piece of that if you want. Yeah, and and it was like, I, I heard this riff and I just went, holy shit. <laughs> and, and, it, and then I just... You know, I was scatting along to it, but I eventually went home and wrote lyrics. But yeah, we'll play a little bit of Good Enough. You want to do that? Yeah. Where you go, hello, baby! First of all, wow, can you imagine? (laughs) Joe, beautiful job on that with, uh, I mean, 
That shit's hard to play, isn't it? I mean, come on. <laughs> a lot of people don't know this. Uh, hey, Joe, how old were you when you started playing guitar? Uh, 14. 14 years yeah. old. And that's yeah. kind of considered late, right, for a guitar virtuoso. Hey. Yeah, I don't know. Right in the middle, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> I'm still working on it. I heard the craziest <laughs> thing. You were a guy who was a football player. And yeah. you were a jock. Yeah. And all yeah. of the, did you know that saying? I never heard this. I never heard this. Yeah. No. Yeah. This is crazy. Joe was a, a football player. And I, what, what was it? You heard Hendrix and you said, fuck, I want to play the guitar. No, I've been into uh, Jimmy's records. Yeah, my, my older siblings were playing all this stuff. And I fell in love with the music late, mid and late 60s. And I just became a Hendrix fan since 67. And uh, But I wasn't really thinking about playing guitar. I'd been a drummer for about three years and then kind of gave it up. And then, uh, yeah, I was on the football team. I was on the fitness team. I was on the track team, you know. Uh, I'm not sure I was a very good football player. I was kind of small, but, um, yeah, I was all suited up. And uh, a teammate came out right as we were walking on the track and and uh, said, yeah, that guy Hendrix you like, he's dead, you know. And so I just turned around, walked into the coach's office and said, um quitting football i'm gonna dedicate my life to playing guitar and that was it Crazy. wow yeah. sammy, i never heard you, that story yeah. joe yeah, yeah. Oh God, that's beautiful. sammy that's beautiful. sammy do you ever yeah. talk to joe when you're in chicken foot with him and stuff do you ever like <laughs> say say uh, what's your story <laughs> well, no, I mean, joe, joe and i are always talking about where we're going to go to dinner after the show tonight <laughs> yeah and what and what wine are we going to drink you yeah. know now, Joe's my culinary buddy, and he's my the guy that I call when I don't understand something. Joe's a genius. He's like he's really a smart guy. He would hate to say it. You know, he's all humble, too. Like, But he's just like Eddie in some ways. He's just so different. You know, you ask a guy like that. When you got a friend like that, you ask some questions like, you know, something you're just curious about. Like, what do you think about, you know, UFOs and stuff and about aliens and, you know, other dimensions? And, and Joe will give you, like, a scientific answer. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. So, you know what the scientific answer about... is? You're nuts. They're, they're not, they're, <laughs> these guys, don't, these aliens don't exist. That's, oh, it. That's it. You be careful now, Howard. Oh, you be careful. You're looking at one. You're looking <laughs> at one. How could this guy? How could yeah. he possibly be from here? You know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. the other thing about Joe, I will say, that blows my mind. Joe was a guitar teacher at one point. And he taught Steve Vai when Steve Vai was 12 years old. And he also taught Kirk Hammett from Metallica, right? Before before Kirk was in Metallica, you started teaching him, right? Yeah, yeah. he was in Exodus uh, when he started taking lessons, yeah. It was and, great. And was would, you, would, you, would you get, like, pissed off? Like, well, why the fuck did Metallica choose this guy? I'm his guitar teacher. He, they should choose me. <laughs> <laughs> it was... I, you know what I noticed, even though I was still maybe early mid twenties at the time, there was already a movement with his age group that I could see that was something new and fresh. And they, it was thrash metal and they were at the center of it and they were, they were creating it. It was actually pretty exciting to see young, totally motivated players, uh, come up with a new idea. And they were, you know, ang sufficiently angry at all the classic rock that had come before them. And they wanted to turn everything upside down. So, you know, it was a, as a teacher, it was important just to give them the information, but not to influence them in any way, to let them interpret it the way they want. And that's what Kirk did. It was really great. And, and, we had a, a really good and time. You, 
and you were proud of Kirk, right? When he got into Metallica, I mean, you must have been like, wow, that's oh, my yeah. student. It must have been nuts. <laughs> yeah, no, it was good because I, go. I have to say, among all the students, we all felt the same way, like we were like we were part of a team. And when someone got a good gig, it was like someone scoring a goal. You know, it's it's good for the team. So uh, I think. At least I felt that way. You know, I, I was proud of him because I know how hard he worked. He he was tireless and totally motivated. See, I'm like a weirdo. Yeah, I'm like, you, how, you see how intelligent Sammy. this guy is? So it's just the way he's explaining <laughs> yeah. this stuff. I'm going, what the fuck? <laughs> Sammy, speaking about guitar, like I know Michael learned to guitar. Like Michael, you're like classically trained on bass, but uh, and and as a musician, um, you you right you 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 studied a lot, but uh, as a musician, but. The, the, the weird thing was, Sammy, Sammy, you didn't start playing guitar to what? Like you were 17 years old or something? No, I was about 14, about like Joe. You were? Yeah. Oh, okay. But, but, but I didn't get serious until I was about 18. Yeah, and then I got kind of serious because I started thinking, maybe I want to do this, you know, not not just trying to get a girlfriend, you know? <laughs> yeah. I always think it's too old to start at 18. You know what I mean? Like, well, like you can't... Well, you don't You're see me trying to play old. Eddie stuff. You're never you don't too see old to try something new. <laughs> All right. Well, Jason. Yeah. Well, but let's play. Let's play a little bit of Summer Nights, only because there, I, there's such a good story to this song. The fact that I just sang Summer Nights, my Let's play a little bit of that. But no one can, has ever been able to play this song, Howard. In the first fifty-one fifty tour, we played it about half the tour, maybe forty shows or something. But even Eddie. Because he had this guitar, it's hard to explain technically, Joe could probably explain it better, but it has a whammy bar that also has a lock on it, so you can, it's like a capo. Uh, like if you put a capo and change the keys, you change the key with a whammy bar, go, play the whole chord. And and so Eddie used that to play this song. And when I walked in the studio and he showed me this guitar that they had made for him, and I'm going, what the fuck is that, you know? And they start doing this stuff, and I'm going, wow, whoa. And then they start playing this song. And this song was killer. Joe comes in. I said, Joe, if you could play Summer Nights, no one's ever played that song. And Joe said, yeah, I can figure it out. And he does it without the capo. This is impossible. This is, it's like, it's almost like the oh yeah lick. He, it yeah. just uses every finger, and ev it's just, it's so we can play a little bit of it. It's a bit noisy, because, yeah, he, as Sam was saying, it was written on a thing called a trans trem, and so Eddie See, could I knew play in comfortable keys, and then when he wanted to switch keys, he'd just change it with the bridge, so he could always stay comfortable, but if you're playing a regular guitar, it's all uncomfortable. <laughs> so, 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 Sammy, what you're claiming here is, this is, again, you first walked into the studio, it was that first time you're standing there with the band Van Halen, Eddie starts playing you the riff Joe's gonna play, and you now are put upon to make a vocal, and you did it, but you boys never played it in concert all that much because it's so fucking difficult. That was the problem. Right. But we're going right. to play it on this tour because Joe can play the damn thing. I can't believe it. I'm, every guitar player I've ever been around, they can play the lick in the beginning, but then when it comes to bad and all that other stuff where it starts moving around, they can't, you know, it's like song has to end. And right. so we're going to do it. We, we, we just rehearsed it yesterday for the first time. We, we rehearsed it for, you know, 10 minutes. And, okay. and I'm going. We never played it before. Yeah. Right. We never played. Yeah. And, and of course, Jason, played. no one's ever played it before. It's What's too hard. Um, this is an exclusive. You're feeling it, right? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. yeah. We're rehearsing on your show, Al. Al. Good. <laughs> <laughs> 
second that is fucking crazy that leads to a million questions joe for, joe is playing with his mouth well i can't wait to show this on the app this is unbelievable uh, joe wait, wait, do you feel are you using that same uh, steinberger headless guitar that eddie uses when you play something like that or do you just uh, you do your own guitar well, no, this is my own guitar, and I, and I apologize about that beginning. I'm still trying to figure out how to do that beginning. That second chord is so hard. Which part? Which part uh, screwed up? I don't understand. It's a, it's a rehearsal. Yeah, this thing here. This little change here. Well, it's impossible that's, to play. It just drives me crazy. So in other words, Sam do it on tour. You're going to play that part, and I'll come in with the heavy chords. Joe, what exactly is driving you crazy? You don't want to hear that sound. Uh, you want the notes to be crisp and clear. Is that what you're going for? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're doing, uh, you know... It's very clear cut, you know, and you, you're hitting each string, and it's open. It's all here. But when you're doing this... Oh, that's better. I should have done that great. before. That, was that sounds good. Dub that. Yeah, put I'm that in better the first one. By the end yeah, of the show, of. I'm going to have this thing down. Do guys, no, because you're musicians and I'm not, in other words, isn't it important that w the great guitar players are the ones that come out with clear, concise notes? In other words, it's, there's nothing mushy about it. It's like that's the note and it's clean. Is that what we're going for? Yeah. yeah, yeah, any guitar player wants to play clean, you know, and some guys, Stevie Ray Baum was really noisy, he shook it, you know, his vibrato was so hard, it'd go, you know, it made noises, but that was kind of cool, you know, I mean, on the blues, but yeah. in general, you're trying to, you're trying to play a clean lick, you know, and that's why guys like Joe and Eddie and, you know, even Hendrix was noisy too, though, you gotta admit. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, but that was back in the day. Those guys had, I mean, compared to what we have today, it was primitive equipment. You know, <laughs> Joe, show me tune an example. And... Show me an example of what, what Sammy's talking about. What is a noisy Hendrix lick sound like? What is show show me something noisy that Hendrix did? Ah, uh, that's really hard to figure out. It's well, he was doing a lot of pushing and pulling. So pushing and pulling would be like. Uh... I mean, I've cleaned it up, so I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> but it, when right. you're when you're pushing it, when you're pushing the strings and pulling them, and and uh, you know doing all. This kind of stuff you don't know what you're going to get today i've got this thing here so i can go i just keep going you know but jimmy didn't have those things he'd have to turn the amp up and go hump the speakers you know to get that kind of stuff <laughs> wow wow so, wow I mean, what <laughs> They, it's amazing. They really they they laid the groundwork. You know, Jimmy he just rewrote the book for the electric guitar. He really did. And and the thing is, he could improvise like a like a jazz musician. He was like Coltrane and Miles inside of a guitar player. So together with all that electric stuff, he he had a mind to solo, just like one of the greatest uh, horn players or piano players. So that was the big difference there. But yeah, if you're gonna do. Let's say, you know, uh, that's what you're talking about, a really clean sound. Yeah. It's more of a modern approach is to is to come up with something really clean and precise uh, that is going to really stay with somebody. What is the most difficult riff you think that Eddie ever came up with? Sammy, you said the intro to 5150 was the favorite part of, you know, the favorite thing of yours that, that you love it that and summer that and summer nights but there's something else that from the early days that he <laughs> did right, that, the, that the, we all just go every time it, <laughs> I, eddie would play that and every time joe plays it i this is impossible to play right <laughs> That's nuts. That was an intro to a song called Mean Streets from early right. Van Halen stuff. I mean, you listen to that, it blows your mind. That, yeah. yeah. That's, just, that's just lunatic. Like, that isn't even... Like, the thing about, about what Eddie did, that I'm, the reason Joe is in this band for this tour is because, like I said, when you, if you're going to go deep into his stuff, into Van Halen catalog, you need a guy like Joe Satrani that's not just imitating Eddie. You know, any, so many little kids in, in grocery stores nowadays can just pick up a guitar off the shelf, 12-year-old, and go play all this stuff, but they don't necessarily know what they're playing. You know, they're just imitating right. Eddie because he's so distinct. Joe knows what he's playing, and Joe can do something like that and know what it means. I'm going, I think that's just Eddie just fucking around, beating the shit out of the, his guitar. He said, no, no, he's actually playing, you know, the third here and an octave here and a thing. You know, he knows this stuff, and that's the difference between playing this stuff with Joe and just having some guitar player in the band that can imitate Eddie. I, I Joe, can you demonstrate the, the, the thing that Sammy loved so much, the intro to uh, 5150? Is that, is that doable? If not, I don't want to put yes, you on the spot. Yeah, give, give, yeah, give me one second. I got a, it's a different tuning. 
So, yeah. Oh, yeah, no shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. can do it. Joe plays it. It's, it's another song that we only played on the 5150 tour. You know, as some of this stuff, when you get, if you were too stoned, you know, or too, just too wasted, too drunk, too whatever, uh, you can't play this kind of stuff. It's kind of like, I remember Matt Sorum telling me that when he was a drummer in Guns N' Roses, that when Slash and all the boys were all wasted back in the old day, that he would play Sweet Child of Mine and, and Matt would be going, what song is that? And I and I remember and Mike and I on on the '04 tour, which is you know the last tour we played with the boys. But um, Eddie would kick off some of the songs the same way. We'd be looking at each other, go, "Well, look at the list. That don't sound like that. That isn't that isn't run around. But whatever it is, I guess that's what we're playing. You know, every now and then. You know. It, In other words, beautiful looking be... back now. In other words, Sammy, you can't be high doing these songs. You got to really be in your top form yeah. for this stuff. Yeah. You, yeah, you can have a little buzz on. You can't be fucked up. Right. <laughs> you know, a little buzz. I can do anything with a little buzz, but you get fucked up. It's boop, oops. But I didn't mean to put Joe on the spot, but a little demo of 5150. Just the. my favorite Van Halen song and once again it's another one we can never play before wow and I love my when God, 
I love when you and Michael do the harmonies there with Jason yeah. too on there. I mean, that is just real. Do you guys ever practice that? Do you guys ever practice that no. acapella? No. No. No? <laughs> Jason is a great singer. He can sing lead. He sounds more like Paul Rogers than Paul Rogers does. And here's the deal. We, we, we got a keyboard player that played with Joe. He'll tell you his name on his last tour. Joe says, quote, the best musician I've ever played with. And I was, I was, honestly, I was stop for him say that right in front of me but other than that so he sings and he plays keyboards and he plays guitar and we're we're bringing him in from uh, he's from sydney australia and we're going to put him in the band because we're going to play everything live all the vocals between mike me jason and this guy we're going to have great vocals and we're going to have real live keyboards so that we can play the songs you know put a new ending on a, a song like when it's love, you know, instead of having it on a backing track where you have to stick with it, with, you know, what I mean? if the if the track fucks up, you got to stop. Plus, <laughs> you know? yeah, it'll be a hundred percent live. Yeah, that's, no that's backing nice. tracks, no backing. Old tracks. school, baby. Yeah. Old school. Yeah, I feel this. like this tour you put together is going to be like this massive celebration of the of all the music you put out. I think it's going to be a celebration of Eddie Van Halen, quite frankly. Um, I it mean is. to. It is, it is Without, because this music yeah. otherwise dies. I mean, yeah, you have it on record, but it's not being performed live. I think it's great. I really do. This music will outlive all of us. You know, Mike and I, we've been together now quite a, you know, a long time. So, and, uh, and we talk about it all the time, but we've always kind of put it aside and say, ah, you know, but it's just time. Nobody else is going to do it. You know, if, if Dave goes out, you know, he can't sing my stuff. It's like, you know, we we can do a few of the early Van Halen songs. I got no problem with that. I did it when I was in Van Halen. We did Ain't Talk About Love. We did uh, Jump. We even did fucking Jump. I used to have bring somebody out in the audience to do Jump. But, but you know, it's like this is really a celebration of all that. And we are the only ones who could do it. You know, and we're going to invite every musician in every town. You know, first of all, whenever you play, if there's a guitar player in town, no matter what city it is, they come out to see Joe, just like they used to for Eddie. So we got other guitar players. We'll get them involved, you know, other singers, get them involved. If Alex Van Halen wants to jump out, if David Lee Roth wants to come out and join us, come on, motherfucker. You are welcome. This what are the odds of that? Are there any odds that uh, Alex Van Halen would show up on your tour and uh, maybe join the celebration of his brother? Or are you guys not in I would hope so. No, I'm not. I, I I reach out to Al about once a month for about five years now, and he doesn't get back to me. So obviously, how do you reach out? Uh, how do you write or send an email? I t- yeah, I call. I leave a voice message. I send a text, and I send an email. The, all three things. Al, give me a call. Al's favorite line to me was always, every time he wanted to get back together, he would say, "You know, Sam, we ain't getting any younger." So I say, "Hey, Al, we ain't getting any younger. Give me a call. Let me know." You know, what do you want to do? Come on over. Let's get together. You know, Mike and I'll meet you somewhere. No return. But uh, every now and then, wow. Mike's had a, a couple conversations. I know it. I think I'll, if I, in my heart, I don't think he really is comfortable playing with anybody without his brother. That I mean, I don't blame him. They they played together their whole lives. Right. And I don't know. I don't know. I, I used he, to try to play guitar with Al when Ed would go take a piss or something, you know, and I'd pick up Ed's guitar and I'd say, yeah, oh, let's start jamming. And I couldn't play with him. I mean, we we didn't. Like, I felt like like I was a shitty guitar player and he was a shitty drummer compared to then him and Ed start playing. And say, whoa! I don't know. It's just chemistry. But whatever that is, I'm not I'm not going to speculate on what Al's going to do. Howard, but he I would actually, be crazy uh, if he didn't come out and see us. Yes, Jason. Howard, I actually said to uh, to Sam when he first asked me to to be part of this project. I said, 
will you call Alex first? Because I feel I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Alex, and I would, as a fan of the band in all forms, I said before, you know, if he suddenly turns up, I will be the happiest man in the world, even though I'm giving up my gig. To me, it's more important, you know? So um, I, Jason, I was fine. And then, you know. What about what about uh, Alex's work? Is it is anything in that drumming um, scenario when you play the Van Halen songs that are particularly uh, challenging or, or tough for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, just Alex was, see, Alex came from, has, from working with these guys, and Mike tells me the stories that, you know, Every day they're in the studio. I want that Bonham sound. I want that Bonham sound. I, I want this. So my dad was his hero. So for me as a kid, Alex was one of my heroes before I found out that he, my dad was his hero. So I, I, I've always loved the way he played. I'm very fortunate when I play with Sam and with, with Mike. You know, first off, I saw Mike play donnington in in 1994 and i was like oh my god this is the great thing i was a 17 year old kid i'm now playing a band with him you know i got the first van halen album the van hager period got that album bought it myself but alex was always a special drummer so for me i get to play that music but realistically if he did come and do it i would be on the side of the stage and i'd want to watch right that's how important it is you know Michael, what are the odds Alex shows up? Zero? I, you know, it, it's like what Sammy said. You know, I, the, uh, as long as I've known Alex, I've known him. I've never known him to play with anybody else besides his brother, which is kind of sad, but, you know, because we're all out, yeah. you know, if we were to be hanging in a town on a day off, I go to a club, I'd have a couple of beers, and I get up and jam with the band or Sammy. Eddie, Ed would do that even, but Alex, he always, Eddie, him, I mean, when we first started playing, these guys were so tight. His brothers, I mean, you know, if they had a disagreement, they'd be rolling around with, you know, Roth and I would have to pull them apart. They'd be going at it, rolling on the ground, and then five minutes later, they'd be hugging and kissing, you know, brothers, right? But wow. soul brothers in all in all respect. But, I mean, I would I would love it. I would love it if Alex would even come out and play one song with us anytime, you know. I really miss are you playing in, music. Are you in touch with Alex? With are you in touch with I him have, I I haven't spoken to him in quite a while now, but I had I have spoken to him on occasion, and right. uh, and we and we don't speak very much about music actually. It's more about family and stuff because I mean he it, he's he's obviously still hurting from from his brother oh, and whatever yeah. you know because they were so close, and uh, so we, we'll 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 speak about family and saying you know hey you know we got to try to stay in touch and whatever and then you know a lot of time will pass by and then you know. We'll, have a conversation again if we do, and then that happens. Kind of talk about the same thing, you know. We 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 keep it on that level, and not really talk about music. How nice would be, it would it be? How nice would oh. it be, Sammy, for him to join you guys and play a song oh. or two? It would be it would be so cathartic oh, oh, for the right. guy. But uh, you know, I, I just come and hang out. Just come and hang right. out. I love Alex. It's so funny. Uh, Mike and I were always the closest guys in the band, but Alex, I was next. It, Alex and I used to you know talk about all the business stuff and and you know we we kind of schemed up a lot of things and we came up with most of the ideas about what we're going to do and, and how you know and we were real close on, on that level and, and until until the band broke up after i left the band uh I, I thought alex and i were closer than even ed and i ed and i had the uh, creative relationship but when we'd try to 
hang out. You know, we had different ideas about hanging out. <laughs> I loved Ed, but he, Ed was a wild man. But uh, Al, what was Ed's idea of hanging out, and what was your idea of hanging out? <laughs> Ed's ahead, idea Sam. was, go no, ahead. man, no, no, you can't go home yet. Where do you think you're going? <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, when no, it's just four o'clock. Fuck it, man. You know. You know, I was going to ask you no. something about that. You would think your relationship with Eddie would have been the closest because the two of you made beautiful music together. It's 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 a love story if you think about two guys who could write songs. You could write lyrics, give him musical ideas. Uh, he could come in with these massive riffs. You would think it was a romance made in heaven, but it's not. I never. I don't understand. Well, it was. No, it was Howard. It hundred percent was for nine years. The, the tenth year in Van Halen, it just went sideways. Our manager died. Another manager came in. He started poisoning it. Now saying, "Hey, Sammy thinks it's his band." Michael, tell you, it's like I, I was innocent. They. You know, he, they just all turned on me because I didn't like this manager. You know, we wanted a different manager. I wanted a different manager. And, uh, and of course this guy lasted five minutes and he was gone. So I was right in the end, but I don't, I didn't, being right wasn't a good thing in this case. Cause, you know, every, it's just like someone came in and poisoned everybody. Van Halen was so protected by Ed Leffler, our manager. We were so protected. We didn't think of shit. I, I would never even consider thinking of some business deal, making a deal with promoter or making a record company. Deal. Hey, maybe we could be able to get a better record deal. Because all we knew is he was making the best deal we could possibly make, and our pockets and our bank accounts were full, and we were the biggest band in the world, and everything was beautiful. When he died, it was like, what are we going to do? And then we got it. They hired the wrong guy. Ed now hired the wrong guy. That's Isn't, that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Absolutely. If yeah. I had you as a partner and we wrote those kind of songs, I'd just say, hey, listen, I'm not going to fuck this relationship up. But uh, Eddie, Eddie was uh, nutty that way, right? I mean, he just... Well, like, yeah. well Ed, now, Ed now we're insecure about a lot of stuff. They, they, I think they felt like they've been fucked so many times, you know, growing up and, and, and in record business. You know, when I joined the band, we found out how they, the bad record deal they had. It was horrible. I mean, it was like, what? You guys sold fucking 20, 30 million records and you're getting three quarter rate on your publishing. You're only getting 11%, 14. They give them a bump, 14%. Yeah. And, and Ed Leffer came in and said, boom, we got 26% instead of 14. Imagine almost doubled our thing, got a 100% rate, you know, with a good manager. So I think they always felt like some people were trying to fuck them. And, and I, I did too. I'm the same kind of guy. I was insecure, you know, early days in, in, uh, music industry because, you know, I got fucked all the time. I'd be like, what? I just did a whole tour. I don't have any money. <laughs> what, what I don't understand do, that. You know? It's crazy. Oh, I don't far. understand that. It's nuts. Howard, you don't. You don't know there's some bad people out there, Howard? No, I know yes, there are, but do. also... Yeah. You know, well, you know what's strange? I've always wanted to ask you this, and this is kind of heavy for this time in the morning, but knowing what I know about you and your father, and your father, I, you know, I know you loved your father, but your father was a difficult man. You've described him as the town drunk. I mean, the guy, the guy had a horrible drinking problem. He was difficult to deal with. Uh... And yet, you, you know, it's weird. Does it remind you in some ways of you going back to your father, working with Eddie Van Halen? Because Eddie had his problems with substance. And you, you know, in a way, Eddie kind of is like your father in a weird way, isn't he? Well, he had, he had addiction problems like my father had. But Eddie wasn't violent. You know, that was the only great, beautiful thing about Eddie. When we'd get drunk, we'd end up crying together. You know what I mean? It's like we weren't, right. we, we didn't fight. Towards the end, we started fighting about other stuff. But, uh, no, my dad was violent. But, you know, I, I think it's true. I, one thing that makes sense what you said is that 
I never thought I had a drinking problem. I never thought I had a drug problem when I was doing coke once in a while. I, would, I never really did. I can still tell you I don't. I don't, you know, I don't drink all day and I don't have the shakes and all that shit, but, and I don't do coke anymore <laughs> for a long time. But, uh, the thing is, is that you, when you're around people that have a, a bad addiction, like my father, who would drink himself into the ground until he had to be taken to the hospital, and then he would quit for two weeks or a month and he'd start over again. When you're around somebody that bad, you see somebody like Ed and Al and Mike and the way we were partying, it's like, ah, we're okay. I know worse guys than that. Oh, hey, Jimmy Hendrix died of an over, you know. So yeah, your, your, your relative, um, standards of what's bad and what's okay is, was pretty low <laughs> for, for people that drank all day. You know what I mean? It's like, it yeah. didn't bother me. I thought as long as until, until people can't do their job. Then that's when I I step in and say, hey, this is fucked up, man. You know, you played like shit, and, and it's embarrassing to me to have to try to sing. You're so out of tune. You know, that's what was going on in the reunion tour, and that that's when we bumped heads. That's when it really got bad. It was like, well, you know, I can't, and it's, I can't be around. And it must have been, and it must have been shocking for you, Sammy, because this is totally. the great Eddie Van Halen, and he's fucking up his parts on the tour, and you're like, whoa, this isn't the guy I know. This is the guy who takes such pride in his musicianship, right? Yeah. Yeah, it just, yeah, it was it was really strange. It really strange to see that happen. But you know, Ed was sick. I didn't realize. No one realized how sick he really was. Obviously, until it was yeah. over. It's really a shame. I, I mean, if there's anything I regret, it's ever going through any hardships with Eddie because knowing he was sick like that, I would have been so much more compassionate. But you know, I didn't know until no, you didn't. after it, it was too late. <laughs> you know, but uh, Sammy, that's how we got back together in the end because George Lopez called me and said. You got to call Eddie. I said, I call, I've reached out to him before, man. Give me my number. He's going, no, you got to call him. He said, he's really sick. I said, what? You know, I knew he, I knew he was always battling with this tongue cancer and all that stuff, but I thought it was cool. And that's why I called him. And that's when we, you know, made friends again. It's beautiful. I think Eddie could have lived longer, but he was doing all that wacky uh, injecting uh, pieces of his tongue into his bloodstream or something like that. There was these. Th yeah, I don't know notion. about all that, but <laughs> Eddie's open-minded guy. He's a genius, man. Eddie was a genius, and he would be if he thought something like that. He could probably understand it, just like what I say about Joe. There's this little quirky genius thing that you go, "Wow, I don't know. It's not, it's out of my wheelhouse, you know." But Eddie would be going, "No, no, no, man." You know, you can't do this and you can't do that, but you can do this and you can do that. Yeah, Eddie was a trip, man. He was awesome. Well, speaking of Eddie, so let's go back in because we're celebrating this new tour. You guys are going to be together, the four of you, and you're going to be playing a lot of Van Halen songs, especially stuff you haven't done in a long time. One of the early songs that you put together. So you went, so going back again to 5150, I'm talking about Best of Both Worlds, which is a fucking great oh. song. How does that yeah. one come about? What's the story on that, Sammy? You know, that's my one of my favorite lyrics ever. That's a very very deep lyric and um, very spiritual. And it, Eddie used to have all these piles of cassettes. Michael tell you boxes of cassettes. Every time we walked in that studio, we first thing he did was put a cassette in, and the engineer would run it. And when it ended, take it out, put another one in. If there was music going on, it's all on cassette. And I mean, there's probably some wild shit on a cassette somewhere uh so ed's going through the box i'm saying what else you got you know we're we're, we're going now you know and mick jones came in the, from foreigner to produce us and he put it puts his tape in and i hear this the lick you know of best of both worlds and i'm going oh that's fucking cool man that's like yeah i'm going that's like 
that's like celebration time. Come on, right. you know. And I'm going, I'm a soul guy, I'm a soul singer, right? <laughs> and I'm going, oh, that's badass. And then the funky verses where he's going, you know, I don't know. It's like the staple singers. That's funky. Come on, that's black. That's black right there, man. That is beautiful. Sammy, you're listening to this on a cassette, though, right? Falling, Eddie's not. Yeah, and I, yeah. I got the goosebumps. I'm falling in love with this shit. I'm going, this is great. And I, we jammed it, and I, I didn't sing anything on the chorus yet because I'm going, I can't be singing celebration time. Get that out right. of your head, fucker. I went home that night about 2 o'clock in the morning because Eddie smoked all the time. I always jumped in the shower and, and scrubbed myself because I smelled like an ashtray. And Ed now both smoked. And so I'm scrubbing myself, and I'm singing. And I'm going, oh, the bass. And I hit it, man. I hit it. I got out of the shower. I took my wife's lipstick and eyebrow pencil and everything. I started writing the lyrics on a fucking mirror. And well, I was, it was just coming. It, they, they were just coming like fuck. It's like an avalanche, you know. And I couldn't write them fast enough. The lipstick would break. Pull up an eyebrow pencil, and I'm trying to write on steam on the in the shower thing, just to get the ideas down. And the next day, I went went in and I had it. It was done, I, it, and so, it was just so such you're a writing, deep lyric. What are you writing? You're literally writing with lipstick, going "Best of Both Worlds," and and yeah. and, and and what were you thinking about? Were you thinking about uh, I've I've got Van Halen, and I've got what were the best of both worlds? I was thinking about reincarnation uh, and about you know about heaven, about dying and going to heaven. People, you know, everyone talks about how beautiful heaven is and and everything. And I was thinking about you know love. I'm, I'm a I'm a lover, man. I want to be in love. That's all I want. Just keep me in love, and I'm the happiest guy in the world. I don't need anything else. Love is is just all in me. And so I'm thinking when you're in love, like as you got heaven right here on earth, man, we can do it, baby. And and I just felt it, and and I. Um, I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm sitting here with the fucking goosebumps. <laughs> and what I do you do? Now you, got, now you got the lyrics in your head. You go to the band and you guys get Next in a morning. room. And you what? You no, start, you belt it out. Yeah. Yeah, the band had already recorded it, yeah. kind of. They had already learned it and not recorded it. We, we, they were rehearsing it. demos of it. And yeah, I was scatting along it. to it. I was doing, you know, I was doing that. And I recorded, too, on that cassette. And then I would take it home and listen to what I was singing. And I'd try to write lyrics to it. And I don't know what I've been living on, but it's not enough to fill me up. I need more than just words can say. I need everything this life can give me. Hey, hey. You know, I need the best of both worlds. Heaven right here on earth. Come on, man. And Michael, when you hear when you hear when you hear Sam Michael, when you hear Sammy coming in with those lyrics, um, you start writing in your head where to come in and double his voice? Uh yeah. I mean I for, I I'll come in and I'll start harmonizing with him anywhere that I think it might fit, and then I just kinda you know, weed it out a bit and, and just kinda work it out like that. Boys, Big take Jones us back to that time. Let's, yeah, let's yeah, go let's back. Come let's on, man. Let's, let's quit fucking around. The damn song. <laughs> and this song's slow. It's like it's it's really like like highway to hell or something. You know what I mean? It's like,
Now, this is going to be a great tour. Song? Oh, it's such a good song. And it, it's great to see you. I love watching. I might actually have to go to this show you're going to do. You know, I might actually oh, show up. Mandatory. I mean, <laughs> mandatory. This is fantastic. I love that you're doing this. Talk to me. Uh, let, let's keep talking Van Halen a little bit longer this morning. The, 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 the song I want to ask you about is this one. Dreams. One of my favorite Van Halen compositions. Um... Why, Sammy, why are, are you not doing this in concert? Why have you never done it in concert? What is the difficulty with this song? Well, 
I sing in a supersonic range I never sang in before, and I don't know how I did it. <laughs> We've done it live uh, yeah. in the old days. I haven't done right. it this way for 10 years or more, probably 15 years. What are you We saying? did it on the you, reunion tour. You're saying it's that just you so can't... high. Oh. I, I, I can't sing in that register. It'll blow my voice out. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the higher and higher. Mike and I, we can pull it off. I just don't think it, I don't do it justice. And, and that's a good example of why I want to go out and do this tour now when I can still hit these other notes in most of these songs because eventually I won't be able to do some of these other songs, you know? Uh, yeah. And then I won't do it. I won't go out and, and sing like shit. If I go out and sing, look, this is 6, 7 o'clock in the morning for me. I've never sang this time in my life, so I'm not at my peak right now. But I can sing all these songs, but I can't sing that one. Wow. I just, you know, it's like, uh, I yeah. just don't sing like that anymore. Man, ask does Robert Plant, you? he'll tell you. Does that, does, <laughs> oh, yeah, right. No. The, the, no, Robert Plant can't hit old. that stuff, right? He can't do it anymore. No, there's a lot of a lot of those guys, you know. Stephen, we all have a hard time, man. You hit 70, something happens. It's like it's just kind of wore out in my voice. And, and that's a range that when I walked in and started singing that, Mick Jones got me to do that. Mick Jones, there's a beautiful story. This, the album was done, 5150. We thought it was done. And, and Mick Jones goes, give me one more song. So he put the cassettes on. Here we go. Cassettes, cassettes. All of a sudden we hear about it. And Mick Jones, I'm going, I like that too. I like it. You know, I say, yeah, let me think about it. So Mick Jones comes to my house the next morning out in Malibu where I live next door to Eddie. We said, let's go for a walk on the beach. Let's talk about this song. And he had a little ghetto blaster and we're playing it. Just the music Eddie had. It just, it, I don't think the band was playing on it. It was just the keyboards. And I'm going, and I said, oh yeah, yeah, higher. And I start seeing the higher. He said, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's all I had. Went in the studio, you know, we drove in together, went back into to the studio, and um, I went in and started singing the higher and higher part, and I just sang it, and I never hit a note that high in my life, and and everybody's going, whoa, I saw Don Landy, Don Landy, who, who engineered like this, <laughs> his, his head on the console, he was, and it, he, all of a sudden, he, he went, <laughs> like that, and he's going, damn, like, whoa, 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 you know, and, and, and then we just, I just started writing those lyrics and that's a, that's a channeled song. That's a gorgeous song. Everything about it is just amazing. I heard, even Sammy, yeah. I heard that when you were singing dreams, you got up so high and held the note for so long and Mick Jones kept telling you go higher and go longer <laughs> that you almost, you passed out, right? I mean, yeah, you almost, literally, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fucking crazy. I mean, yeah. You just lose, you get no air up in that, up, up in that altitude. But hey, it was, it was one of them things. It's something you say, I can do this once. And if I never could do it again, I did it, you know. And uh, I mean, I could sing it in a lower key, but just don't have. It's not as effective. <clears throat> when Ronnie right. Montrose, <clears throat> who who was didn't like me very well uh, after <laughs> after again, I again, I don't understand him, why, yeah. but uh, okay, he well, seemed likable well, to me. Jeal jealousy, yeah. stuff like that. But and like I said, I'm too ambitious for people. Like now, what do you want to do? I want to do everything. But uh, so Ronnie calls me up when he heard that song and he said, fucking Hagar, you motherfucker, man, fuck you. That's fucking up. You, man, fuck you. It's like he had to tell me like that, that it was wow. that he was so impressed. You know, it wasn't like, <laughs> yeah. good job, buddy, man. You're the coolest. No, it was like, you know, fuck you for doing that. You know, like it, that's the way he put it. But I just remember getting that call and saying, wow. I guess got Ronnie's attention. <laughs> but in a way, it's yeah. a compliment. When Ronnie Montrose says to you, you motherfucker, you know, that's like the biggest compliment when yeah. someone says that. It really, it really is. It's just, yeah. it's great. Yeah. Out of his yeah. mouth.
Hey, so, boys, because you're going out on the road and you're going to be doing so much Van Halen, let's talk about a couple other songs. Let's talk about the next album. Uh, OU812 comes out. And what a mind-blowing experience. Not only was Van Halen now, this was post-David Lee Roth. You put out that first album and the thing takes off. But then OU812, probably everyone was waiting for you to fall on your ass. Am I correct? I mean, like, ah, yeah, they had one song. They had one album. They had one that... You know what I mean? People were like, can they maintain it? And that album had the fucking monster songs on it, right? Yeah. Yeah, we 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 never had that sophomore year thing going for us. It's like uh, no. we knew it ourselves. We were in the studio writing those songs. Uh, Eddie and Alex picked me up and said, okay, it's time to make a record. I, I lived up in Northern California. Ed now picked me up. I remember that little Volvo. Eddie used to have yeah. this little funky old Volvo, and it was our band car. We had to push it to start it. So we'd all get out. Ed would be driving. We'd all get out, push it, start it, jump in. <laughs> and we'd go to see Warner Brothers that way. Remember <laughs> that fucking car? But why anyway, would you guys so they, have a shitty car? For I mean, you, you're but, multimillionaires. It, it was, why why, why was, was that happening? It, it was for fun. It was for fun, I guess. It was kind of yeah. like our band. We call it our band car, you know? <laughs> so they had a cassette player in there. We That was really the cassette era. You know, Every every everybody had <clears throat> cassette players in your cars. So Ed now picked me up at Burbank Airport. I got in the back of the car. And I said, what do you guys got? What have you been working on? They put on... When it's love, and, and Mike and everybody had already played on it. They had ba bass and drums and keyboards. You know, Ed hadn't done a solo or anything. And I heard that. And by the time we got to the studio, about thirty-five minutes away, I had written the lyrics. And How the fuck is in. that possible, Boom. Sammy? In other words, you're sitting the, in a car, you're hearing this music for yeah. the first time, and and when it's love, great. You know, obviously you haven't called it even a name yet. But they play it for you, and suddenly, just hearing it, you get so inspired, in 35 minutes, you come up with a lyric. Absolutely. That was a magical song. Some songs took forever. You know, a song like Right Now took me forever, Ed and I, to put that together. But uh, And other songs, too, once in a while. But that's like Joe's Santriani. When he plays me a certain piece of music, it's so good, it speaks to you. It says, no, wow. this is what this is about. This is a love song. And I think When It's Love is one of the best love songs ever ever written by a pop band i mean it's as good absolutely. as absolutely it's right up there bridge over trouble water man you know what i mean it's like they, to me it's that good it's like do a little come on yeah. guys we're, we're celebrating oh, yeah. your new tour well, we Go got ahead. a background we, we got a keyboard track so we brought for this because i knew you wanted to hear this song and we we love this song but we really haven't worked it out but we'll we'll do it listen like i said All this right. is i hope everyone knows listen this is sammy hagar on howard stern show and i would like to inform you that he's allowed me michael anthony jason bonham and joe satriani to rehearse live on his show <laughs> well, absolutely anytime i love it i can listen to this all day Oh man, I could do this all day. Man, I'm I'm loving this too, man. Oh, you you still enjoy this, Sammy? I can see. I mean, oh, and Michael too. I mean, it's uh, it's great. It's it's, it's so much only fun. Only reason to watch why we do it. Right. Only reason why we do it. Only reason. Love it. Fucking a. Okay, go ahead.
so funky too. Eddie's left hand on the keyboard.
Man, that's great. I can't imagine. I know, I know. I know, I know. But I'm just, you know what I was thinking? First of all, I love watching you do it. And uh, whenever you look over at Michael or Jason or Joe, like, do you, does it take you back in time, like when you wrote that song and when you performed it on stage, maybe for the first or second time? You know what I mean? Does it just, it is it, really does it does. get emotional? Does it get emotional for you? It, Oh man, I I cry three or four times a night when I'm on stage. There's Do you about really? four of those, you know. Oh yeah, eagles fly. That's half to say what the sunglasses are all about, Howard. You know, uh, that and I look at the microphone. You know, I'm like this. So no, because no, honestly, uh, Sammy, I get emotional. Heart, I I I imagine Eddie's gone now, and I'm watching Joe play oh. those fabulous things. But what was it like to sit in a car and hear that that? you know i that iconic music coming out of this fucking little cassette that this guy who know where are all these cassettes there must be thousands of licks on these cassettes that uh eddie had in his I'm head right you. yeah yeah wolfie's got them <laughs> yeah and does it does it ever like do you ever like like when you hear it then you've got to come up with a melody over these things right that's the trick does well, did eddie play... ever yeah go ahead no, we'd play uh, like twenty different ideas. They put a cassette, you know, and I say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa go back, go back, go back." Wait, that was good. And then we'd, you know, things that I heard that instantly touched me, so I knew I could write to it. Wow. You know, if it, if, it don't, if I don't get it, it ain't gonna hit me. You know what I mean? If it don't hit me, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna be able to. And, and Howard, let me tell you really quick: a lot of this stuff, most of the stuff that Eddie wrote was so complex, and he would write it as like an almost an instrumental piece in itself yeah. so sammy sometimes having to try to weave his vocals in and out of a lot of the stuff that eddie was playing was just a feat in itself yeah like 5150 black yeah. and blue they were just they were, they you were can just, listen to a lot of I mean. that music the, on its michael, own that's what, the lyric. Yeah. I, I know what you're saying because as a non-musician i sit there and go if if eddie van halen played me that stuff i'd go well, i'm I, what would i do over that i can't do anything <laughs> over that it's so yeah, fucking complex yeah. that's you're why not, i'm, I'm you're, amazed you're, you're, you're not you're not playing bar chords, straight bar chords, or anything like that. You know, Joe obviously knows exactly what you know that's all about. Yeah. But you know, but yeah, he'd write it as its own standalone piece of music a lot of times. You know, did the Eddie? Truth of the matter is, yeah. The truth of the matter well, is, well, when when you write a good piece, you know, like a song like "Best of Both Worlds" or that, you know, uh, songs that really were meaningful to you to, as you're writing them lyrically right now. You know, "Eagles Fly," those kind of songs. Um, when you sing them, even if they're 40 years old, if you lock into it and you get that feeling from the audience, it's euphoric. You really go back and feel where you were coming from and you feel like you were that person when you wrote it. And it's a really magical thing why musicians are addicted to going out on stage and doing it. You know, a lot of guys do it longer than they should be. And it's because you want that fucking feeling, man. It's a good one. You know, it's better than, than you know, the the narcotics you know it's it's really special so sammy yeah. did and eddie then, ever did you ever did you ever come up with a melody or some or lyrics over uh his music and then and then um he'll turn to you and go sammy this is shit you're, you're ruining my you know, did he ever, but did <laughs> he ever get cr one time what did he do once it was the last song we wrote before the band broke up for the mo uh, the movie twister for uh for Twister, I got with a producer uh, and the writer and the director, and they asked, we were writing this uh, theme song for the movie, Twister. And they asked me, they said, would you need, why don't we send you the script? There's a lot of cool language 
that uh, they use in the movie, you know, drop, you know, oh, it dropped, uh, you know, I, I can't remember them all now, but there were things, and I thought, oh, this is really cool, and I came in, and they had written the music, and now I was in Hawaii, and uh, I came home to sing it, and I went in and I sang these words and this melody that I had written, and uh, Ed's going... Ah, he was, he's all, we were, we were button heads. If I said black, he said white at this point. And if I said, okay, white, he'd say, no, I want black now. I said, okay, well, we'll black now. No, I want it white. It was like, okay, never mind. We'll just do what you want to do. So it was, we were at that point. So he just said, it, was, it sucked. And I said, wow, it's fuck that, man. It's like the directors and everybody, you know, coached me to do this. And I, I, I thought, I thought it was great. And, uh, uh, Bruce Fairburn, a great producer, God rest his soul, uh, said, Ed, get out of here. And Ed was going, you know, it's called Humans Being. And I, and I thought, oh, well, that's kind of a cool title, you know. And it's the only time he ever came up with a title, I mean, uh, on, on a song that went from my era. And I said, okay, Bruce and I went out, and I was so pissed off, I just said, you know, you do this, I'll do that. You break my balls with all your crap. You, you're uh, something in my life with your, your, your disease, like Lemmings breeding. That's what makes us humans being, you know. It's like... And that, it, it, I just wrote this pissed off shit. And Ed, and I went in and sang it like, yeah, what was it? I just, and you break that, you break my balls. You know, and, and Ed go, comes in and goes, yeah, yeah, it's fucking great. <laughs> and I went on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like, it, it, we, we do that song in the circle now once in a while because it was so radical. And then the chorus is so good. Shine on, shine on. Really great. But, uh, yeah, that's one time he, he got me to do something else and I did it so bitterly that it, it, it actually came out with fucking edge on it, man. <laughs> well, there's nothing but, worse creatively when someone, you know, you, when your writing partner goes, you, woo. you know, man, that sucks. You know, like that just, that just breaks your confidence, right? It just, it really does. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's. There's no return. There's no return on that. You know, uh, unless you come back the way I did. Come, I came back pissed off, and and he liked it. <laughs> He's like, I want to. I want to end on one uh, song because, um, and I want to ask you about this uh, uh, because um, I'm thinking of the song right now, and I I have read oh. Sammy that you said it's a great song that you felt like this was the first time you really wrote a very serious van halen lyric you know you you're talking about the world situation in this song but i agree with you the video concept for this song was a lot of writing on the screen that you had to read and i remember i love this song so much but i don't watch the video because there's too much reading going on and it takes away from the song you're busy concentrating on the reading do you still feel that way about the video for right now Oh yeah, that was such a, a gimmick thing. You know, they, that was what was brilliant about it was the first time it was done. So then it was like, oh, this is interesting. You get a double meaning. You get the meaning of the song, and then you get to read something, make another statement on top of a statement, which is kind of artistically interesting. But then a couple other bands tried to do it, and then pretty soon, if you put writing on your video, you, you nobody's going to play it. So it was so faddish and such one of a thing. And then when Beavis and Butthead are sitting there watching it on, on MTV, I remember watching and they played uh, a different, uh, not our song, but another song that had writing that it goes. I hate it when they have writing on songs. <laughs>
<laughs> that's the end of that. <laughs> that's the end of that. I'm with you. It distracts from the meaning of the song, you know, because it, it was. And right now, I wrote those, such. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. You wrote the lyrics. Well, I wrote the lyrics when we started that record, and I kept singing them to Eddie right now. And he, you know, yeah, okay. I said, just try to write something. I really got this great thing. I thought it was really good. I was laying on the beach. It was time to go to the studio. And, I, and you know, my wife's yelling up at, at the top, hey, you know, you got to get going. I'm saying, man, I'm going, man, I just want to be here, right here, right now. And I thought, oh, there you go. So uh, wow. I started writing that lyric. And uh, I didn't want to start a record. We weren't getting along that good at that time. I had problems at home. But uh, that's another story. <laughs> but um, the, And Ed had this piano part at the same time and he kept saying you know like the song uh joe cocker song like uh feeling 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 all right i'm going man i ain't hearing it i ain't hearing it i ain't hearing it. he ain't hearing my lyric all of a sudden at the end of the album six eight months later we took a long time making that record all of a sudden i heard it I, he was playing the piano just goofing off and i go right now boom done that was the freakiest song we ever wrote together because it was great but it was just weird that we neither one of us we didn't communicate well on that song in other strange. words it was like pulling teeth he had the music yeah. you you came up with this lyric and he wasn't here and it wasn't here and i think it's one of your most successful songs it, it really was. It got more, uh, you know, awards and stuff than anything we'd done. You know, three MTV Music Awards. And, uh, yeah, it was it, it was cool. And, honestly, in concert, we play this song all the time in the circle. And it's like, yeah, that's when the audience just stands. Well, they stand up anyway. But, I mean, they just scream right now. It's it's one of those I can't drive 55 moments, you know. Yeah. Five, you know, you know it's, it's got that. And that's, Would that's you do a, a little of it? Let's celebrate the new tour that you guys are going on. Go ahead. Here's here the boys. Does Joe know it? Wait. I knew it a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll do a little bit of it. Yeah. And the one on this song is so freaky. Nothing is on the downbeat. It's all... It's like popcorn. piece of music.
First time we ever played that. Wow. Wow, you guys. Man. That wasn't on the list, Howard. That was beautiful. You need, you need Joe Satriani if you're going to play that shit. Oh, <laughs> Joe, are, are you, did your hand get tired playing all that? I mean, it looks intense when you're doing it. I mean, it's no, got to be. It's the brain. <laughs> what do you mean? That song, yeah, that song has got so many upbeats where... My my natural inclination would be to sit back on the downbeat, deep in the. What pot. is what are you guys talking about? Upbeat, downbeat. What the fuck are we talking about here? Well, you just know, imagine a just imagine a popcorn and you see it going. Bah, 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 yeah. It's not like just going boom, boom, yeah, boom. It's like going. Bah, yeah. bah, 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 bah. That it's was Eddie. That all was over Eddie. The place. Yeah, Eddie was always his brain was pushing. And, you know, Alex would sit back and the two of them together would create this beautiful thing. But when you go to play it on guitar, everything seems wrong. Like you like you <laughs> want to sit back with Alex, but you got to do these parts and you got to be ahead all the time. That's like you were talking before. I don't know how Sammy came up with those melodies that just float right through the whole madness, you know, that, that's, that Eddie would build. And that's, and that's a, a good, good that song is a good example. We got to. Eddie, Eddie really didn't know Eddie didn't know how to count, and when he wrote me, he just wrote it how he heard it in his head, and he would come in a lot of times. He present it to Alex and myself, and everybody, all three of us, are listening to it a different way. Yeah, right. And <laughs> how we would work it out, I I have no idea. I don't know how you guys did work it. it out, and then Sammy would have to weave his stuff over the top of it. It was but, crazy. But, but Michael, it's such a crazy process. What would you make of the the whole like? Eddie constantly ripping guitars apart, breaking guitars down, like literally uh, trying to like it was like madness, right? Oh, when I when when I first started playing with those guys, Eddie, I'd go over by his house and he had they had a little little garage in the back of their house, and I'd I'd see some of the most beautiful guitars. I remember like a Gibson ES three thirty five, if you know what that. I mean, beautiful, and they'd be going, eh, you know, but I don't think I'm gonna he'd pull the pickup out or he'd cut this off. Oh, this looks cool. They'd take a Destroyer guitar and chop one of the horns off it and put a chain on it and whatever <laughs> and he didn't he didn't you know but that was the beautiful thing about it you know he didn't look at it like oh man that's such a beautiful instrument but michael in I, your you know, mind you like he, but in your mind was you like like this is a madman because he's not getting that different a sound out of the guitar ripping it apart oh, yeah, cutting he it in. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah he was, he was. Yeah. oh yes he was yeah and it wasn't wow. until he took now joe could explain this better to me when he got, he lost the tone knob and he just had one volume knob this is when he's right. playing his strat and yeah. uh, and Joe, you could probably explain it better, but we're going like, what the hell? He took the tone knob off and just wired it straight through, and then he just had a volume knob, and that was it. Yeah, I know. Less wire means more direct sound. Yeah, you know, it was wow. crazy. He also had a dummy pickup, right? Yeah, yeah. On the Frankenstein, pickup. he had a pickup that did yeah. absolutely nothing. Why would he have that? <laughs> Why would he have a pickup that I, did nothing? Because I, it looked I cool. always figured it was just like a joke it's because just, there's always that, you know, out there in the guitar world, there's the collective. The collector mentality, like don't touch it. If you touch it, you lose its, you know, you decrease its value somehow. And I always thought he didn't care. It was all about the music exactly. for him. So he would do that as a way of saying, I'm all about the music. I make the, the music on the guitar. It's not the guitar. Yeah. And it's true. Yeah. It was in his fingers. <laughs> And, and all credit to Sammy, as you, you point out, Michael, that with, like when you're standing there and, uh, and Eddie's showing you this fucking crazy thing, like right now. And somehow Sammy has his job is to go and come up with a lyric <laughs> and, a, and a melody. 
I, I, that is just so baffling to me. Well, hey, Sammy, what was the story? One last thing. I know I keep saying that, but what was the story you had on <laughs> Pound Cake that you said you, you've never really talked about? Why? There was some story you had about it. Well, you can get in trouble nowadays t t telling these true stories. You know, it's a true story. And I was laying on the beach. You know, like I said, we lived next door to each other. Valerie had a house next door to my house. I had a house next door to Valerie's house. She was there first, okay. So uh, in Malibu, and and there was one house between us. So Ed and I would see each other out the window on deck. Hey, I'm going down to the beach. He said, "Oh, I'll come down in a little while later. Come down." We'd always be laying on the beach when we had time and uh, and just chatting, you know, having fun, maybe drinking a beer. And uh, a bunch of girls walked by, these really good looking girls, and and we're looking at each other and, and just go, man. I, I go, man, that's some pound cake, you know. And like so, we we had all kinds of code words. Like, right. man, I need some pound cake, and uh, and a pound cake is is a is uh the recipe is one pound of butter, one pound of flour, one pound of sugar, one pound of uh, whatever else goes in it. Uh, it's equal ingredients, and I thought. What a down-home thing. No, just put the same amount of everything in there. It's some old, you know, farm recipe or something. And um, so I just I just immediately started writing that song in my head. And we went in the studio, and Ed's got a drill out because of the, the electric, you know, mixer. He was, he was working on one of his guitars yeah. like he always is. And, yeah. uh, and we, he just went, rear, rear. And I just said, I just, you know, I just love my baby's pound cake. Homegrown and down-home, that makes a woman. It's a very uh, almost country lyric. It's really... It's really a cool lyric for a sexist kind of a lyric, which yeah. I'm guilty of. The other day, the other day when we were playing with Jason in well, the other week in Cabo, and Jason says we're, we make a set list for my birthday. We play three nights. We try not to repeat ourselves, so play different songs every night. And that's when we really went deep into the Van Halen tracks. But, but down there, we really experimented. It was great without Joe, and and, and so we go. Uh, Jason goes, why don't you just sing fucking song about all your fucking sex songs you know every all you write about is sex and i said okay and we ended up making a set list and we're going well shit they all work because that's all i sing about is sex and it's like and then you go well and cars and booze but but i, I when i sing about a car like baby's on fire i'm talking about you know you know we got driving to my 6.6 .6, you know bypass the city straight to the six to the sticks um Shut off the lights, turn off the key. No sooner set the brake, she jumps on top of me. My baby's on fire. It was about sex. My baby's on fire. Yes. And so I'm, every song, even when I'm singing about a song, a, a, a car, oh, it it's about, about sex. sex. And then, it, and then I say, well, I sing about booze too. But then, it, yeah, and it's like about getting drunk and screwing. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> so I'm kind of guilty as charged. But yeah, <laughs> pound cake. <laughs> it's a pound great cake. song. Yeah, it, it, you know what makes me kind of sad? It's like I didn't realize you guys like lived right next door to each other and everything. Like it was such a close yeah. in, a relationship to have it all fall apart is so fucking yeah. horrible. I mean, to sit on the yeah. beach, have beers, and it sounded wonderful. Oh, yeah. Nine really years, did. nine years, nine years of that though, Howard. You know, you've been married before. You know, I'm on my second marriage myself, and, and it's like the first marriage. A lot of it was good, you know, yeah. and then all of a sudden sure. it goes bad, and so you gotta go out and find a new partner. <laughs> it's kind of that yeah. simple. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, it's expensive. So. It's, yeah. it's expensive, though. You know, <laughs> on pound cake. Did you think it was weird, uh, Sammy, when when uh, Eddie walks in with a power drill and starts playing with a oh, drill? Oh hell no, hell no. He was an Aquarius man. Aquarius, they're bright. They're they're wired so different, man. Aquarians, I love them. Uh, being a Libra, we get along really good, you know, astrologically with Aquarians, and and because they just they blow your mind with silly little things like that. All of a sudden, it's go. 
Wow, how would you even think of that? And just are like you guys going to play that on tour? I mean, Joe, do you play? Oh, do you hell know yeah. to play with the, Do you know how to play with the drill? Are you going to play that with a drill? <laughs> yeah, but it's funny. I was thinking about the drill. You know, this is a lot of electromagnetism going on here. And I'm thinking maybe maybe you guys know. Ruben, maybe you know this. Is is a drill when you when you put a power drill near your pickup? Are you going to demagnetize the pickup? That's what I was thinking. Whoa. Like the old Ebos, you know, yeah. you used to put would, them here. It would take one of the... It would take the... Uh Savant Joe to be able to figure that what happens. <laughs> I don't know. But Joe, yeah, are you saying right now you're not man enough to play the power drill? Is that what you're no, saying? I... Oh, there it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, let's try and stump the guitar player. Come on. Wow, that is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we haven't had a chance to rehearse. Like I said, wait, wait till we get a, you know, couple weeks rehearsal. Well, the plan next year, you know, this is not next year, but you know, the plan is to get everybody around, you know, three or four months in front of it, get the whole band with the keyboard player and everybody, get us together for about two weeks and play. Every song anyone wants to play. Mike would say, you know, hey, I want to play Talk About Love. You know, I want to sing it, too. Okay, well, great. Let's play that one. And then let's play this one. And then, and then see what really works. And then we'll, I'll sit with all that and put a set list together. I made a, a, a set list already. It's two hours and 35 minutes. So. Wow. <laughs> so that means it'll be three hours. So we got to trim it back. But, but the point is, is that, yeah, we'll make a set list. And then we'll get together, take a break, and get together again and just run through that set. And every and now you got to pace we'll, yourself, though, Sammy, don't you? Because, I mean, yes, you got to keep sir, the voice going. I mean, you, you know, maybe once a week a show. I mean, what, what are we looking at here? Oh, no, hell no. No, no. Two on, one off. Two on, two days off. Two on, oh. one off. Two two days, two days off. Two in a row, two days off. Second time around. No, I'm I'm a, I'm a grown man here. I can do this shit. You but, can uh, do it as long as I don't. Ha seven o'clock in the morning. We ain't gonna be playing no seven o'clock in the morning. But Mikey, <laughs> Mikey's gonna sing a couple of the Roth tunes and 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 you know we're gonna we're gonna service this stuff. Oh really yeah, well. Mike, so what are you I'll, gonna I'll sing from break. Roth? Oh, <laughs> well, like Sam said, ain't talking about love. But there's a few other ones that we've got kind of uh, you know we're milking yeah. in the pipes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll go, little, we'll go a little bit deeper than what people always hear, you know. Well, I think it's going to be no. a great tour. It's exciting. I mean, uh, you know, it's amazing how much music comes out of you boys. It's three guys standing there who are playing, you know, guitars and drums. I mean, uh, it is unbelievable. Reminds me of Cream in a way, you know. When those three, thank you. Oh, you know, when those three fuckers, Ginger Baker and Eric Clapton whoa, whoa, and Jack hey, Bruce. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 Jason? Uh, hey, Jason, uh, you him know, and Ginger. Ginger don't. was very, never very nice about my father, so I'm not a big Ginger fan. Uh, but that true? Was well, Ginger was nice about anybody. He he really was yeah. ornery, you know? He was right. kind of a prick. Yeah. I love <laughs> yeah. Cream, though. Cream, one of my favorite bands ever. Oh, uh, you know I cried when they broke up? I mean, I, I was a teenager, and I, I cried. I was yeah. so sad when they broke up. But you know how he got into Blind Faith, right? You know the story Ow. about him getting into blue. Well, he went. They were rehearsing. Um, see Winwood and Eric, and he went to the place where they were rehearsing because his drums were there, and he was collecting his drums. So, and they were so afraid of him, they didn't tell him that he wasn't in the new band. So he sat down and started to play. <laughs> they never actually officially invited him. You know. Wow. He just made himself the drummer. That's pretty cool. Jack Bruce, your hero, Michael? 
I mean, uh, he was oh, one yeah. of the greats, right? One of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And what those guys would do, they, I mean, they were the first band that I ever heard that could go off. I mean, sometimes it'd go off into a solo and a song, and it almost, it'd be like, oh, wow, what are they doing? Who's playing what or whatever? And then, boom, they would all come right back together. I mean, it was strong. They would go out for 20 minutes and yeah. come back and play that, yeah. and then it's would say, okay, there's, that's that one. <laughs> Was Jack Bruce the greatest bass player that ever lived, Michael, in your opinion? I don't know if he was, I mean, greatest in, in what he did, you know, because then there was John Entwistle, and he was great in what he did, and then there was Paul McCartney, who's melodically, he was great for what he, you know, what he did, you know. But, right. You know, I tried listening to all John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin. I mean, he had a thing, too. There were a lot of those guys, man. They just all contributed their own thing. That was so great. Jack Bruce to sing and play the stuff he played and sang at the same time is yeah, like him. Like, him and Geddy Lee are the only two guys on the planet that can do that. You know, that can sing like that and play like that. It's like Mikey does a pretty Mikey, good job yeah, of it Mikey himself. Does. Mikey, Mikey might be it. the best. I, yeah, Mike might be the best rock bass player shot. on the planet. There you go. I love watching Mike play. I tell you, Sammy, even with this tour, it's like when I watch a band play, it's not always about the lead singer for me. Like, I really enjoy what? watching. What? That's right. I'm sorry, man. It's not all about you. Uh, Michael sitting and harmonizing with you and playing the bass. I love it. And, uh, and, and Jason, you got such fucking power, just like your dad. I love watching you play. And Joe, you are a motherfucker on that guitar. It is unbelievable. Is there anything you can't play? <laughs> motherfucker. I bet you I could yell out any song and you could play it. Go ahead. He's still working, working on, on that. that one. <laughs> All right, I'm going to yell out a quick song here. I'll, uh, let's see. I'm, 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 not even gonna I'm not not even a Van Halen song. I'm going to say, um, uh, okay, Cashmere, Led Zeppelin. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh. Wow. Well, you yeah. gotta be loose. You must I, know I, the I ocean. Be loose in this man. You what? must know the ocean, right? No, that yeah. what what you tune is that ocean. one? Come on, you uh, know the ocean. The ocean. Uh, uh, cashmere is um, dad got. D A D G A D. Ah, see, That's yeah. cashmere. There you go. Uh, you must know the ocean. What is that? Down, 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 down. Oh yeah. And, you know, it's not just musicianship, it's chemistry that 
the people we know each other's songs, you know, and stuff like that, and that's what makes it gel. Because otherwise, you say, "Oh no, I don't know any of your song. No, I, I don't. I don't know any Zeppelin songs. Oh, I know Cream song. I don't know any Cream songs. Well, they, they, no, we know everybody's songs. So. I'm amazed by how musicians. I'm talking about you know your your guys' level. You can yell out a song and suddenly you're playing it. It's just what a magnificent gift to have in your life that you guys like. You guys just start playing it. It's fucking mind blowing to me. You know, I could watch that all day. Watch you guys work stuff out. All right, listen, I kept you. For two fucking hours here, I'm sure you're exhausted. Uh, um, uh, no, we're rich now, <laughs> Howard. You just made us rich, right? The tour, Anything, the tour. And Robin, we never got to talk to you, Robin. We love hey, you Robin. too, by the way. Well, thank, Robin. thank you. I've been enjoying Hi, the morning. Hi there. Yeah, you can Howard, see. Was she really sitting there? Did she get? Up oh yeah, no. Robin's Every right moment. in there. <laughs> oh yeah, she knows what's happening. You Robin can see Sammy. You could see Sammy and the boys, of course. Uh, what are we calling this band? Are we call we have a special name? The best, the best of all worlds tour. It's a Sammy Hagar. It's my legacy tour. You know, it's like I'm getting old. I'm trying to put all my stuff in, in you know, one big show. That's why it's going to be so long. I'm going to play. I can't drive it if I want me to rock and you know, uh, heavy metal and my hits too. Uh, uh, blah, blah blah blah. It's called the best of all worlds tour. And Mike and I, our our quote is. Let's go finish what we start. Yeah. See what I'm saying? You can see Sammy and the boys on Best of All Worlds Summer 2024 Tour. Pre-sale tickets Whoa. go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. Uh, I think it's going to be great. It is great fun to watch these boys. Take it from me. I've been watching them all morning. General tickets are available on Friday. Go to redrocker.com. You know who the red rocker is. It's Sammy. He's got some kind of mashugana beliefs in the color red and numbers. Don't ask what's going on in his head. Easy, Howard. Easy. <laughs> the red rocker. Uh, by the way, where did you get that jumpsuit? What the fuck video was it where you're wearing all red and it's the, that red little bolero jacket? Man, is that a good fucking look for you? Do you know what I'm talking about? Love. Oh, oh, that was, love, that was in When It's Love. Yeah. That when was it's in love. When It's Love. Who made yeah. that outfit? Where'd you get that? A girl named Audrey Carter made all my clothes back then. And she was she made clothes for Rat and Kiss and all kinds of people. And she was great. Look. Yeah, I yeah. Like, I wanted this waiter jacket. I said it's a waiter jacket. Man. I copied that. I was I got in shape, married brother. In a blue version of that suit because I loved that video so much. Wow, that's how I got married. I weighed about a buck thirty-five. Howard had a twenty-seven because of inch him. waist. Jason, things have changed. Sammy was a rock <laughs> god. He was wearing that outfit in the best of both worlds video. Go check that out on YouTube, and he's dancing no, when around. Love. When, when it's love, the when it's love was it? Yeah. Was it when it's love? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. When it's yeah. love. And Jason, you saw that and got the same outfit and got married in it? Yeah, I got a guy to make it for me in 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 Los Angeles in in the primest Italian silk. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah, and turned up. I look back down and go, I wasn't quite the skinny guy that Sammy was when he wore his. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, it wasn't probably the best idea for me to do and it was, you know, I yeah. got married in uh, April 28th, 1990. But it was um, all because of him. Yeah, that is fucking Guilty awesome charge. video. Guilty yeah. of charge. Howard, I can't thank you enough for allowing us to do this. Boys, this thank you. A, it it was such you. a pleasure thank to have you. I, thanks for giving me so much time. Here's Sammy on SiriusXM's Classic Rewind Channel 25, of course. And don't forget the best of all worlds. Summer Tour 2024 coming to a town near you. Pre-sale tickets go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. And general tickets are available on Friday. Redrocker.com and LiveNation.com. There it is.
the boys are going to go home and sleep, uh, and they'll wake up in three days. That'll be the end of it. Uh, <laughs> thanks, fellas. You're Woo! the best. Really, what a, a great band. You sound so, so much good. Fun. Love it. Thank, thank you, Robin. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. There you go. How about those boys? Bye. How about that Joe Satriani, huh? Jesus oh Christ. Goodness. And that boy play. Playing those Eddie Van Halen licks are not easy, and he gets a clean sound out of that guitar. It's nice. Love those guys. Well, anyway. You know what's weird? I watched a video this morning about cancer of the oral pharyngeal area. And when they started talking about Eddie and his tongue cancer, it's like, oh, my God. And you think about how he went through all those different kind of alternative therapies. You know why? They don't really have great treatments for it. All they They have is surgery, and then later on they found a couple of drugs, but they only work in some people and not in others, and they're terrible. You know, they're very difficult to take, and eventually the surgeries rob people of the ability to communicate, maybe even uh, eat, and so it's a really, really, and I'm sure, Ed, you know, one of the things, you know, you're always supposed to do is to stop smoking. Well, first of all, I, re- I read the book Eruption, which is about 50 hours of interviews with uh, Eddie Van Halen. And when it came to the medical stuff, I, you know, you want to take that book and throw it through the window because Eddie's talking about he's doing all these alternative treatments and blah, blah, blah. And he goes... The smoking isn't what caused my cancer. He goes, it was from the picks and metal picks and and, it's, and plastic picks in my mouth. And I'm like, oh, Eddie, please get some help or something. Like, but no matter the, what they do, Howard, no, nah, it doesn't comes work. back in almost everybody every three to six years. I get sad when I watch those Eddie Van Halen videos because that guy, I mean, all of that talent. What you know, and watching Joe, I, I tell you, you guys are gonna love it on the app, the SiriusXM app. Uh, check it out. We're going to post that. Watching those boys play and watching, uh, Joe and, uh, Jason and Michael doing the music along with Sammy. Uh, it is just fucking fun to watch. Uh, hey, no wiki, you must have been coming in your pants with Joe Satriani <laughs> doing all those Eddie Van Halen licks, huh, pal? I mean, you must have really gone nuts. Look at you all charged up with your Uh-oh, guitar. What do you got in your mouth? What do you got in your mouth? A pick? <laughs> A pick. I got to be yeah. careful. Right. Dude, that was fucking incredible. Satriani, like to hear him play the songs and then rip his Satriani style solos, but they're Van Halen songs and Sammy Hagar's there and I'm out of breath because holy shit, that was like, that was a wild ride, dude. I- I'm so fucking psyched. Yeah, it was a lot of fun for me too. I mean, I loved it. I, yeah. I don't know it on your level with playing the guitar, but, uh, he was doing, uh, the pound cake thing without the, um, without the, without the drill, right? Yeah, he did a thing where, so if you pick the strings right by the pickup and you put the whammy bar down, you get yeah. this crazy sound like, uh, let's see if I can do it. Wow. That's kind of one of his signature things. So you don't even need to buy a drill like I did with. <laughs> nice. Look at you, brother. Look at you all charged up from the big uh, from the big uh, Van Halen reunion sort of thing. It's too Can't much. Can't wait to get tickets. It's going to be insane. I'll go see that. i go watch those guys play anytime. And like Sammy says, Sammy's 76 years old. Boy, he. I hope I can be that. I'm not even that youthful now, and I'm younger than him. 
<laughs> How I wonder are you going to get there? You know, if you, you got to work out or something. What is Sammy? I don't doing? know. Sammy's in good shape, man. I mean, for a guy 76, I mean, they talk about Jagger and, you know, all these people doing it in their advanced age. But Sammy, he's fucking great. I mean, he's just something. And, uh, I don't know how he's still doing it. He's right. You got to go see the dude because who knows how much longer he's going to be. You know, all of a sudden at 76, he can fall apart in three years. And, you know, the older guys who go out on tour, they do have to. He's doing two two on and one off. But that sounds crazy to me because some two of these on, guys get. Two on, one off, two on, two off. They, you know, oh, you is that what it is? that second set, then you get <laughs> two days off. <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, because like you even see like a lot of the guys going out and they get sick. They have to cancel a lot of dates. It's too much. Yeah. And that rain, you know, too. I mean, the other day and it was the first time since, you know, he had to stop his tour. I forget where yeah. it was. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. And Sammy's up there in the, you know, the high register there. Yeah. yeah, wild range as a singer, like to be able to hit those high notes and everything. You know, he could do all the Dave songs, but Dave wouldn't be able to do the Sammy songs because they're so, you know, yeah. high, a lot of them. Mm. Yeah, I think it'll be a great tour. I really do. I love that he invited Dave and Alex, too. He kind of opened invitation to them. That was really cool. I would love for Alex to join their tour. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, it does. You know, but when I when I thought about it, how he was talking, you know how it is when you're attached to something like I only play with my brother, Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people can't let that go. You know, they can't step out because it's so locked in there. You're right. Well, anyway. Wish I played it. I can't believe Satriani did the Mean Streets intro. That was so fucking cool. You love that. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so awesome. Maybe uh, Satriani give you a couple of guitar lessons. What the hell? Yeah. I mean, look at this. Love oh, that. He, Maybe you'll become he, Kurt Hammond. <laughs> yeah, even the way he, uh, even the way he, uh, breaks into just, uh, you know, I say, Hey, play some Led Zeppelin and he can do it. It's pretty crazy. That's awesome. I just, uh, yeah. I love musicians and I love what they do. All well, right. It was anyway, great when Jason said, Oh, it's DG, but you know, he, he had a way of knowing all the yeah. chords. Yeah. We don't speak that language. That's no. a different language. That's a whole, <laughs> whole other deal. Well, Steve, that's your make a wish. You just had uh, Sammy and the boys <laughs> doing all the Van Halen stuff. You and your little friends can get together at that music store and have uh, your Van Halen con and. Uh, talk about it. I know I Oh, my be. phone's blowing up all, all morning. It's just the, the EVH uh, community is a buzz today. We're very happy. Yeah, and by the way, you, you clean the cum off your pants. It shows up on camera. <laughs> blew a load during that. All right. I'll, I'll anyway, thank you, Jason Bond, Michael Anthony, Sammy Hagar, and Joe Satriani. Tomorrow, we got a double header. We'll be speaking to uh, a real classic, Dolly Parton, and find out what's going on in her life. She just put out a rock album, and she'll be in yeah. here promoting it. And we got our usual uh, other stuff, Robin, that we have to get to tomorrow. There's so much more. But anyway, that's it for today. Bye, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.